Good evening, guys. We are live on the Freak Show. Freak Show number 13. So welcome, everybody. And tonight we have, uh, all the way from sunny Germany, we have Mechanized. Hi, everyone. Woohoo! Uh, from up north, from Manchester, we have Scully. Hello, you kindly gentlemen. Excellent. And our <laughs> photographer all the way from Somerset with a cowboy hat on, it's Stig. I'm not a farmer. Fantastic. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> and first. ladies yeah. and gentlemen, war boys, royal girls, we are truly <laughs> honoured. <laughs> uh, we have the almighty Greg Van Borsum. Uh, uh, Thanks, Yay! 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 <laughs> coordinator, Ripsaw Warboy, um, uh, uh, lift operator, right. all-round all <laughs> epic star. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. Very good. Excellent. So where are you, uh, where are you connecting from? Uh, just north of Sydney, a little beach called Kilcare. That's a great little getaway beach where we moved to about six and a half years ago. Got out of Sydney's busy times and got some more space by the water. It was good. Oh, well. oh that's well, awesome. thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. We have so many people excited uh, that you are on. If you are on the channel and on the chat, guys, post up who you are, where you are from around the world. Give a big war for Greg, our truly epic uh, celebrity for tonight. So, first of all, with Greg, uh, start off then, Greg. Um, how did you get into films? <laughs> you know that story is like the longest story in history. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm the only the only qualification and training I have is a, is a carpenter. So, and it wasn't anything to do with film. I was a carpenter, and I hated being a carpenter so much. And I always had this thing outside of my sporting world because I was sort of doing international sport from a young age that I wanted to get into movies, and I had no idea how. And so I thought, well. I may as well start. So I tried for three years to be an actor in Australia, and I was big then. I was about 130 kilos. I was just finished the Mr. Universe, and and everyone just kept saying no for three years. And then I kept thinking, how else do I do it? And uh, yeah, I ended up going via Hong Kong of all things. I started doing martial arts stuff over there. Oh my gosh! And that's where I sort of started breaking into the industry with Jackie Chan's people and Jet Li and all those different guys. And then that all fell apart. Never heard well. of them. Never heard of them. Hell, never heard of them. <laughs> and then I came back home and had to start again. So I started writing my own short films and I started making them and directing them and producing them and editing them. And I learned all the processes. And my third one, which I think is up online, it's a, we did it, God, 20 years ago. It's called MOE or Method of Entry, which sounds like Method a bad, bad porno. <laughs> but it's, I actually used our, 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 our CT, our assault team, like the Special Forces assault team from Australia, who are friends of mine. And we did a full insertion in the house, which became part of a video game construct where kids were hunting each other down from around the world and killing each other oh, off. God. And I always wanted to make a, a, a short film when everybody dies. And in this film, everybody dies. Oh, <laughs> and, and it's uh, and it won New York and LA Film Festival for Best Action Short. Wow. And, uh, that got me more known. And I got to meet George actually through Angry Anderson, who you would you'd all know as yeah. Einbar. Yeah. yeah. And Angry and I go back a long way. And he said, there's a guy you've got to meet. I think you and he all just clicked. And we met up for lunch one day. And George and I started chatting. Angry took off to an interview with someone else. Four hours comes back, and we're still gas bagging <laughs> off. And that's where it started. George said, "I hear you do this, 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 and this." And he said, "I'd like to see it." And so I showed him a screenplay I'd been writing, and I taught myself how to write. You just do stuff. I mean, you know, I wanted to be in it, so I learned everything about it myself. Right. And George read it and said, "We'd like to develop that," and that became our my way in was developing my own screenplay. And then I met Mark and a lot of other great people in Kennedy Miller, and I started writing with George every day. 
and that's where it began. Wow. And yeah, went from oh there. Oh my gosh! Wow. So, what martial arts? I still have no. I still have no skill or quality. Yeah. So, what martial arts? Doesn't matter. You are. What awesome. martial arts <laughs> did uh, did you do? Did I? Oh. I still run my own school. It's uh, forty four years now. I've been training. I've trained in a lot of systems and styles, and you know they're all derivative yeah. of each other. But the I had some very good. I always I've always been a very big believer in searching out the best teachers and. You know, my father was a world champion sportsman right. and some people in the family that have achieved some very high stuff and I always felt that I could do something. So I, every time I've done a sport or an endeavor, I've always tried to take it past what everybody else has done. And so I, I immersed myself in martial arts. I, I forever lived and trained in the Shaolin Temple in China. Uh, wow. trained at, you know, in the Okinawan in Japan. And then, you know, for years, after. so I've been very fortunate to train other good people and you know, the stunt guys weren't so keen on me at some points in time because I'm very when I do something very hands-on. <laughs> yeah. They don't mind falling feet, but they don't like being hit repetitively, but I'll, I'll sort of slap them around a bit and pull yeah. them. And <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to make it real. So, yeah, so, so my main one, I suppose, is Okinawan Karate is one of my main ones, but lots of jiu-jitsu, lots of grappling work, lots of... I started off with Taekwondo to work on kicks, a lot of boxing work to work on punches. It varied. But, you know, coming into Fury Road was a different animal because, you know, who's ever done stuff on vehicles like i said to george the, the easiest way to do this is just push them off so the fighting had to be based upon you know for that had to, it was a different way of thinking especially with polecats and yeah so how, how did you first it, it, i had to rethink everything. how did you well I mean, with the Powells, it was like craziness. So when I seen it the yeah. first time, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, and then you think they're real people. So it was not an effect. It actually happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, and some of the guys were amazing. I mean, we brought Stevie Bland, who's uh, an Aussie guy, who actually heads up a lot of the stuff on Cirque du Soleil. Just, he oh, came yeah. out and trained some of our stunt guys up on the pole work. And I could never do the pole work, not for the fact that I couldn't. Was the fact that I was too heavy and I kept bending the poles. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we needed the light guys. So we had the Paddos and all these other guys that were very Damien and, and guys were light Sebastian and the, the, who could actually do this stuff. Who were very acrobatic guys and very talented. And we trained in them for a long, long time. And it was awesome. We had uh, we did that in the in the stunt studio for a long time to to get them right and to to start putting scenes together. And you know I have lots of old footage from even Broken Hill when we were in Broken yeah. Hill and doing the testing and oh, you know some of the, yeah. And some of the stuff that we were pulling off was amazing, you know. And you know, we had we had a few guys fall off things, but nothing too bad. How did you? How did you, <laughs> how did you first find out that you were going to be involved with um, Fury Road? Well, after coming off the highly anticipated, uh, you know, epic action <laughs> s- 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 you know, film, <laughs> um, <laughs> with Mark Sexton as well, yeah. <laughs> it was a natural progression. I want to kill stuff, you know. After working with Penguins, yeah, uh, happy for you, need yeah, the aggression. You were <laughs> You weren't involved with the pig film then? No, no, it was that was just Mark came on for the second one of those. It was just before my time. Mark and I met about 1998, 99, I think it was, in Kennedy Miller. He'd been doing the second pig film. Mark and I actually wrote the third pig (laughs) film. This is no joke. It's another warm one, isn't it? George hired Mark and myself and and Katie Hoy to to write Babe 3. We wrote Babe 3, which has been. But it's actually a pretty cool story. But yeah, that's we did lots of stuff, and Mark and I were drawing up my graphic novel and other things together, and he was doing all the Fury Road stuff as well, which I was watching every day. And you know, I, I read the script screenplay way back when I first met George, and I sat in the office and I had no idea what he was after. And then he came down and he goes, "How would you like to to choreograph Fury Road?" And I, I'm a big believer in yes. I don't give a stuff if I don't know anything about it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I said, to George, if I fuck it up, just sack me. 
it's that simple. <laughs> but I said, I promise you I won't. I said, I won't. Same with Happy Feet. I'd never directed a film, a feature film in my life. Wow. And when he said, how would you like to direct this penguin film with me? I went, yeah, let's do it. And I, I sat in the room with people talking about BMOs and Bob Jacks and VAC files and this surfacing devs and this yeah. displacement. And I went, okay, man, what the fuck did I put my name down for? <laughs> immersed in it. And, and same deal. Mark and I worked hand in hand in every one of those films. I mean, the funny thing about Mark and I, we're, we're so dynamically different as animals. Yeah. You know, he, he's this, you know, incredibly cerebral, you know, psychopathic, strange. You know, he's a he's an amazingly talented character, you know, from genetics and all these things he does. And then there's me, who's this, this knuckle dragger <laughs> from the other end of the universe, who we seem to mesh as mates and we always have. And it's, it's, it's been a really, really long-term good friendship, oh, you know. The, but we the got sense of humour sounds stuff. like it's – the sense of humour sounds like you sort of meet on, on that yeah. line. There's an interesting you sound similar floating around the internet. Mark and I stayed together in a hotel room and there's this packet of condoms on the shelves that came oh, to the no. hotel room. Oh, no. And they hey, got, hey, they got, what, they are you sure it's the hotel room? It wasn't the hotel room by the hour, was it? <laughs> For a Comic-Con and there's this strange photo of Mark looking very grimacing and I'm pointing to a packet of condoms behind him. It's somewhere on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, oh, Google, Google, Google. In that case, you know, it's better to give than receive. Well... well. <laughs> wise words, wise words. <laughs> so, um, so we've gone so far off track already. We're just getting. Started. Oh no! Yeah, we're just we're, we are we'll, just. We'll reconfigure back onto the road. Yeah, just eh? totally, to, <laughs> totally left, started eh? off. Turn left. That seems to work out well. If we go left, we'll, we'll work exactly, out well. exactly. So, so initially you were doing Happy Feet, and you did a, an absolutely awesome job on that. By the way, that was that was a was a great film. Was really really great. But when you when you heard yeah, about. Fury Road. So, so, so you read the script. How did you did you did you sort of read through it and think I'd love to I'd love to be a war boy or what can I do or how can I get involved on? Uh, yeah, originally George had me pegged as the, as the bullet farmer. Oh God, Because I'm a I'm a world oh, wow. I won the world speed shooting title and stuff in our action match and yeah. I've been shooting. I've won twenty something national titles for speed shooting stuff. I know you probably look around my right. wall somewhere. There's crap flying around everywhere from shooting. Oh wow. Oh, and. Uh, you know, I'm meant to be an American shooting this week for the world titles, and it's all been cancelled, of course, because of the COVID-19, yeah. which yeah, will yeah, soon yeah. be COVID-20 and 21. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's it like we should have a marksmanship unit and all these great shooters. And, you know, so we, I'm in, having withdrawal symptoms. I was loading guns last night. I even have ammunition sitting on my table. It's <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, but it's, you know, yeah, I mean, for me, that it's that action stuff. And when George asked me to, to, to do that and as a bullet farmer, I was like, yeah, let's do it. But then when he started looking at Richard Carter, I mean, Richard was perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately we lost him late last year. But, you know, Richard was a dear friend and he was so good. When you heard, He was the voice of VB out here, which is a big, big voice of VB. You know, and he, he used to also, he was one of the elephants. Yeah. But he just looked gnarled long. And he's a big guy. He's like 6'5". Oh and you know, scared shitless of guns. Unbelievable. He came up to me the first day and he goes, oh, Greggy, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I, I thought I'd have a double. <laughs> Not on my watch, motherfucker. So, so but we went up to the shooting range and I sat with him and we talked about history. He was very big. He's a mason. He was a Freemason. Yeah. And he's very big on history and Templars and that. And because I studied all this historical stuff for my screenplay, Warriors Lost, when I was yeah. writing that, I knew all about this stuff. So we sat and we spoke for days on on how this would apply to his character and what it would bring into the universe and how to make this real. And I said, now we have to start doing it for real. We have to shoot this shit. 
And so we started off with small guns and we worked our way right up and went up to real big caliber stuff. And next time we're on the range with AK-47s, he's got them in both hands with his shirt <laughs> off. <laughs> Living the dream. And, uh, oh, I yeah, was I watching tro- uh, Tropic Thunder last night. I have photos of all this stuff and video of Richard doing all this. And he got so into it. And then we talked about how it worked with justice. And that's where the idea for being blind came from with him. Yeah, we, when I wrapped yeah, the bandage around yeah. his eyes and mm. he gets shot, so justice is blind. And all uh-huh. these ideas started coming out of this stuff. And, you know, Richard was an amazing character. And, you know, it, so I was going to be the bullet farmer originally, the original bullet farmer. Then when it came to that, Richard said, I don't want to do this thing without you. And we had to find the time for me to be the bullet farmer's butler. Now, before the actual scene completely fucked up, it was, it was, well, it wasn't, well, the scene was a lot longer. A lot of these scenes were longer, but the cutting pattern had to reduce. So I was, t- he could put his hands anywhere. And I would spin the guns and boom, they'd be in his hands. No matter what weapon it was, I'd pick it up, spin it and drop it in his hands. If he had them in front, yeah. behind, whatever, that guns would be there. In the right direction, ready to hold. And we'd worked on these sequences for a long time. And you don't get to see much of it, unfortunately, in the film. But that's what the plan was. And we, we did a lot of drill training on that. And by the time we finished, he was so trusting of the, the situation and the process that you know it, it just made it come, come alive. And Richard was just epic, epic oh, to work wow. with. What was it like the first time? What was it like the first time you saw the trucks and the, and the cars and the vehicles? So I had a hand in the not the building of them itself, but in the in, in how they were put together in specific aspects. If stunt performers were going to be right. on them, because a lot of the a lot of the chains there for the, the holding points were just drilled through the actual sheet metal. <laughs> I remember saying to Colin, they said, "I don't think there's a hole," and we pulled on them and ripped them out. I said, "They've got to be plated on behind because some of the guys are big and." Certain things had to be adjusted based upon the stunt performance, what we yeah. needed. So things had to be reinforced. And, you know, so I was there from day one of the builds. I have photos of all that stuff. Too, oh, my gosh. I'm like a Japanese for bloody tourist. <laughs> and I have, I have photos of all the Cadillac bodies sitting on the ground before they were built when we found the tarantulas inside them that had come from America. Oh, we had oh, shit. <laughs> oh no. Oh, my God. <laughs> They sneaked in. I would run. <laughs> That's not to mention back to Happy Feet, the dead penguin we had in the fridge for about three years, the freezer that we couldn't keep cold because he kept thawing out because they used to be minus 50. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> now, go, going back to that film, so what is your, when you now think back to everything, what is your most memorable moment where you think like oh man that was so awesome you know something which you know we when we do gigs or are anywhere there's always something where you think back of like wow so what you is know, your you, wow moment you know what it is it's, and the, it's got nothing to do with all the fight work the most amazing part of the film for me was because mason got in my little bloke yeah. was in the film and he's under the bed with top but he at four years of age <clears throat> which how old he was then he was in, in the whole thing with all the cages hanging down. He got up about a minute before George called him on set and nailed himself on one of those metal cages to the point he nearly split Ooh, his whole head open on top. Ow. And his tears, absolute tears. And then George calls out on the mic, oh, Mason, we need you on set now with Tom. And he just sucked it up and went under and did all the stuff he had to do. And I was that was like one of those moments. Was, for me, the most memorable part of the yeah. film is, is seeing He just did it. Uh, yeah. Fight-wise, the post-storm fight. Because I was literally, if you could have got not just thrown under a bus, <laughs> if you get thrown under two buses, that's what George yeah. always does to me. And Mark will back me on this one. <laughs> we, we had worked this fight scene until the cows came home. I, I built the, the original post-storm fight was different to that one to a point. It's way different from the boards. The boards have some elements, but they had the girls very much involved in the fight. And I said, well, that's bullshit. Because if you've never had a fight, the last thing you're going to do is get in the mix of that thing. Because that was yeah, pretty animalistic. Yeah. So yeah. I decided to make the girls 
deal with Nux and pull and help with the chains and actually help where they could but not get involved in that Furiosa yeah. thing with, with Max, you know? Yeah. And so we did it. We designed a base fight for that and it just, we kept, like, I don't have, I don't say they're not my fights, they're our fights. And so when we did these things, I designed the base fight. You know, I look at the boards and I redesigned it and worked it. And from that point on, then we, I sat with the stunt people. And I said, right, guys, whoever's not in this fight, sit on each corner and look for dead moments for me. If, I, if I've missed something, let's pick them up. Let's make yeah. a better fight. So we built another level and another right. level. And then we brought, when Charlie's and Tom came in, two things happened. The Colin Gibson came in. He goes, you're in trouble. He goes, Charlie says she's not doing any of the fight work. <laughs> what? Of course. Oh. <laughs> and anyway, but we, we met before. She came in. She saw me. She goes, oh, gee, what? Let's show me the stuff. So I got all the stunt team to walk through. I literally walked yeah. through it. And then she looked at me, she goes, let's do it. And she came, just, she'd let go and did everything, which was cool. Uh, and really gave it to her. And Tom was the same. I, then I handed the fight to Tom, said, what would you do here as Max? Would you do this? And there's certain things, he says, oh, I think it maps, I'd do this. <laughs> Sorry, that reminded me. He came in as Bronson yeah. every day when he first started the film. He goes, I'd <laughs> yeah, come in and I'd mad at him. And I'd mad at him. And I'd mad at him. I said, Tom, you're not Bronson's over. Anyway, so we got this fight that we keep handing it over to the actors to bring them to the. So I handed it to them. It became their fight, you know? And so we, I think that post storm fight was going to be amazing. But the original story, Max had one arm free as well. Oh, right. So Max had one. Uh, yeah. And the original story was Max had one arm free and one chain. Yeah. So when they were pulling on the chain, he was furious. The same as one arm as her. And so George came up to me and <laughs> we'd done this whole fight. He signed off on it. And he goes, oh, Greg, I had, did I tell you about my dream last night? I said, no. <laughs> and he said, what, what, what if, he goes, what if Max had both hands free? What, would it change the fight? I said, yeah, you can just choke him a bit. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Yeah, choke him. And he goes, right. Yeah, he goes, can you change it? Oh. So Charlie looked at me and she goes, what the fuck just happened? And I said, let's just make it work. So we got down on the yeah. ground. And we spent about an hour and a half redesigning this fight so he had two hands free to still keep all the elements. And the only elements George ever, ever gave me was use all the elements of the film. So every, the you know, and we made, and every, this is one thing, every fight I made for this film was made so you could shoot it in a single yeah. shot. Yeah. You didn't have to cut. I wanted yeah. to give George okay. the option to cut. Now, the biggest thing about the post-Storm fight, I was so sick to death of fight scenes being punch, punch, punch. I, there's not one punch in the post storm yeah, fight. Yeah. I left it out. I had no punches on purpose. There's not one punch in that fight scene. And I wanted to make the pose. George said, give me some epic poses, like when she pulls yeah, and, you know, to yeah. lift him up. Yeah, give yeah. epic poses, but also make it a love story. Bind them up together. And that's what I got <laughs> as information from George. And then, so to rebuild that into that fight was, a, and it took four days to shoot that fight at the end of the day. And it was just, you know, it, and I knew that we had something worthwhile when I drove to the set on day three, I think I videoed it on the way there in Africa. There's a video floating around somewhere. And where I said, I think if this thing gets cut properly, we will have something that becomes an epic fight. And hopefully, yeah. 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 And I think it did. I think, cool. I think the... Uh, Ch Chapville, Chap sorry, Chapville want to ask, um, all this footage you've shot, do you just like show it on your TV or are we ever going to see any of it? Or has some of it already appeared in the BTS stuff? Online. No, it hasn't. My stuff, I very, I, I barely appear in the BTS stuff because I was always doing stuff. It's, uh, I think I'm in the behind the scenes stuff. I'm in one element in the room. I'm, I'm getting stuck in about story because it, my, my theory on, on combat and going right back to what the, the war rig should be and that. Because George always said, why is the war rig got exposed wheels and when they should be covered up? And 
I went back to the citadels of you know ancient Europe and said they put as much effort into the fortification as they did into the beautification. Yeah. So they, they had to be this, and then the boys are the they're they're, well, they're the armor. So we made this whole and you know there was a lot to talk about that stuff. But yeah, all the footage I have, I show a fair bit of it. Even the gun stuff with Charlize, because Charlize was so scared of guns since her since her mum, you know, the whole shooting of her father when yeah. she was a kid with a shotgun, and she was absolutely like so fearful of firearms and. To get her through that, she came up to me one day. She goes, "Can you please make me Furiosa?" And I said, "If I can get rid of all these fucking production people, I can." <laughs> and so I had to, it took twenty phone calls that night for us to get the studio to sign her insurance and her over to me because I said to George, "If I can't do this, I'm flying home." I said, "There's no point. She'll never be the yeah, person she needs yeah. to be." And they signed her over to me, and I took her out. I, she, <laughs> she used to like to get up a bit later in the morning, so I said, "What time do you want to get up?" She goes, oh, "About eight or nine. I said, "I'll see you at six. She swears like a truth. She goes, Oh, you fucking asshole. I thought you were joking. <laughs> we go in, we had a coffee and off to the range, and she helped set up plates. And it became our time. And I had a couple of stunt guys I trained in shooting bear with us. And what I had to work with her on was going through all the, the banging with the people. When I know someone can't shoot, it's when they either close their yeah. eyes when they shoot or they react, yeah. to, gun, they react to gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> like that. And so for days, we sat there and she just drew, drew two-handed dry fire, didn't even, didn't even shoot anything. And over two days, I said, you're doing really well. She goes, we haven't done anything different. I said, you're not, back. I said, you're not reacting to the gunfire yeah. anymore. And I said... Yeah, but she will, not react. Yeah, she will not realize that. Yeah, yeah. you do. And I said, now you, you tell me when you're ready to shoot. I said, now shooting is more people think it is. It's a moment of clarity. It's that, <sighs> boom, relax, you know. And so we then she came up to me and she goes, I, I think I'm ready. And I've got all this, so much of this stuff wow. here. And we would, and all my actors get trained with live fire, live ammunition. So she's shooting all live stuff. So where she's shooting oh, down, wow. she got so good, she could shoot down place one handed at thirty yards with a handgun. Hey. Jesus, really what, for, 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 and for, that's from nothing. Yeah. Can so I apply? Can I apply? Yeah. This is a lot of work, yeah. like hours a day. And then she got so into shooting, she goes, "She'd ring me. I said, Greg, Greg, when are you finished?" Uh, we got the range. <laughs> Can we have a go? And this range in the middle of the desert. So we drove, and we had to lose the media people were following us. We had to, we had to lose them in the desert and the sand. It was, but it, she became. I watched this transition of this character, and it got us through the fear of firearms from the family, and yeah. she became a, an amazing. And she was so dedicated to getting it right. She worked really hard, and her nickname was Charlie Beaver. So <laughs> that probably means sexual innuendo, but yeah, that means something else over in the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the beaver tail. Oh, okay. Gun. Yeah, sorry. America. Yeah. Well, she kept grabbing it too low, and I said, "Get him up there." So it became Charlie Beaver to remind her. And then every time she messed up and called it the wrong thing, she got twenty. That's good. And she said, "Oh, I gave her a rubber Glock to use one day." And she went home, and she came back next day, and she goes, "Oh, Greg, have you seen my clog?" I said, "Clog, bitch." Twenty push-ups. <laughs> she's on the ground. Oh. She called me every c word under the sun. And George came because you can't do that to the lead to the act. And she just looked up and stopped. She goes. George, it's what we do. <laughs> so it was pretty epic. And then, so that were really beautiful moments for me. Like for, as far as the film goes, it wasn't the film. It's the things yeah. that go in behind yeah. the film that make what it yeah. is. And like I had some yeah. really bad relationships with people, only a couple, but they were bad. And they had a lot of really yeah. good ones. And the mm. really good ones, they're the things you embody. Like Dana Grant and myself became <clears throat> the, the best of friends. And she's the Charlie's yeah. stunt double. And, you know, okay. we're still best of friends to this day and because we went through such a hard journey together that we just gelled you know and and she ended up getting married to another friend of mine another stunt guy dane dane and dana yeah, so, yeah. yeah but the oh, thing is you know, people don't realize that so much work is going yeah. into a film you know yeah. they see these scenes but they don't even understand how much work you have put in that 
that this no. medication that is like I'm speechless. I'm yeah, it's a, and it was you know it's from 1990. I first read the screenplay in like 97, 98. Wow. You know that yeah. that was you know <laughs> lots of things saying image here or thing yeah. you know and so it it was a long time and it, it fell over. I know I must say for George the most amazing moment of leadership I ever saw from him because we wrote together every single day. Like George and I were the dearest yeah. friends, you know, and and we 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 worked together every day. And the day we lost Fury Road the first time in about two thousand was it six or seven and. He was, he, he was sitting with me writing on Warriors Lost. He gets a phone call from Doug, our producer, and he just goes, okay, yep, all right. Puts the phone down, <clears throat> and he looks at me for a second. He goes, uh, yeah, we just lost Fury Road. I went, oh, that sucks, oh. And he goes, yeah, anyway, he goes back to the story. And we're straight, we're straight back into writing. Wow. And I went, wow. wow. That would have to be like the biggest kick in the nuts ever. And he just, just worked He just carried it. Yeah. yeah, and that was a... a, a one of those moments I remember as, as, as a friend is you see, they go, that was big because that would have hurt like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then it fell over again after the broken hill testing and just, and then the warning, when, when we finally got it underway to go, I remember coming home and telling my wife, Debbie, I said, oh, I said, you don't mind if we go away somewhere to do Mad Max to you? And she goes, why is that? I said, pack your bags, we're leaving in a week and a half. We're going to have to for a year. And we landed in Walfish Bay, which was just nothing but sand dunes. We looked around and I said, what if you just fucking signed up? Yeah. What, what have I done? done? <laughs> it was so sketchy. And have we not heard of Google Earth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, yellow. Well, I sold it on the I, I sold yeah, it just, yeah. on the on the images. Swakopman, where we stayed, has lots of greens, but it's all <laughs> it's all these little beautiful green parks and palm trees and that. And I remember one of my mates, Mark, who's from there was Rhodesian sort of military hunt squad. Yeah. I said to him, Mark, they, they, how do they keep this green? He's green. They kind of water it with brown water. I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, it's kind of like grey water, but they just take the pieces out. It's <laughs> 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 just pure aesthetic. It's just disgusting. You oh, walk in the park and the sprinklers go and you run because you don't want to cop this raw suit in the face. Oh, and, but, I, but I sold her on the fact that there's all these beautiful palm trees and it was green. I didn't say it stopped here and all the photos yeah. are taken from this angle because then it's just 300 miles of straight sand dunes and deserts. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> upwind. So, Martin, Martin Nitro wants to know, what is the scariest stunt in Fury Road you have done? Well, the, the funny thing was, it's not the scariest stunt I've done. Like The, 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 the actual ripsaw, the vehicle I was yeah. on, was the most dangerous vehicle <laughs> in the movie. And just to be on, they gave you a stunt loading every single moment you're on that thing, because instead of being like a normal tank track that's held together properly, like all pins yeah. and that, Mm. This was held together by two steel cables. Oh, my God. And if those cables oh, wow. snapped, this thing would invert and flip and roll. And guess where I was standing? Above yeah. the roof. And I'd be oh, the first shit. one to die. So they gave me a knife. <laughs> they, gave <me> a <laughs> yeah, they gave me a knife and a fire extinguisher about this big, which wasn't bolted <laughs> in there. It was just sitting on the floor. And the first day we took off in a, in a wheelie, this thing was yeah. so powerful. Yeah. We, had to, we had to make the motor smaller. It was off. too powerful. Jeez. The knife fell out the back and the, the extinguisher went under the back of the thing. We couldn't find it again. I said, well, there goes that effort, you know. Health and safety. Oh, shit. Yeah. But it was zero. That, but there, the, that was the most dangerous vehicle. Stunt-wise, it was little things like Pado. You know the guy that jumps off the, the war rig? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh, so Chris, it's, it's like, well, yeah, it's Chris a drink. Chris, Chris yeah. actually fell off a polecat pole. And, oh, lucky to be alive. But... The most dangerous oh, thing that happened, I suppose, there's a couple of things. One was uh, the, the war rig was going around the, <clears throat> the track one day and they changed drivers. And uh, we, ha we had a, a camera guy lying on the, on the roof <laughs> and he was picked up onto the, onto the Volkswagen body at the back. 
and when it was meant to go past his rocky outcrop and underneath and when they changed drivers the new driver who's a, the both brilliant drivers didn't quite know the same route and yeah. as he's gone along he's gone, he's gone underneath the rocky outcrop and I originally picked onto the back and the stunt rigger went, you know what, we should re-pick him onto the vehicle. So yeah. that's what happened. Oh so when the new driver went under the rocky outcrop, the, the rock face went straight above his head, straight above the back and tore the Volkswagen off the back Holy of the water. Holy hell. And if Jeez. he'd still been attached to that, that would have been a bit scary because he might have been three bits. But that that was one of only a handful of really sketchy moments. Most of it was pretty good. There was some, I mean, you yeah. get those moments where people are jumping for a truck yeah. and another truck and knees get hyperextended and ribs get broken, but that's part of the gig for those guys. On the vehicle mm. you were on, was there any, like, handbars to hold on to? Because, because it's got tank tracks and it does wheelie. No. no. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I had, a, I had a lanyard strap. I had my, I've got uh, my QRD belts that yeah. I use, and that was hooked around the vehicle, so I could, I could literally be hands-free right. if I had to be. It didn't help when you stopped. <laughs> you just you fly over the front. Of the back <laughs> but as far as hanging on goes, you didn't really have to hang on a lot. So it, I, once you planted your feet back and it took off like that, you could really get Oh, my it. God. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, Caliber wants to know, did the Bullet farm, uh, Farmer boys have any unique rituals when on set, i.e. before you shot? Have you got any rituals you did before you get on? Not so much rituals. Yeah, they ate my biltong. <laughs> <laughs> There's only... <laughs> <laughs> the there was a couple of only a couple of guys and there's the two guys with me that were sort of feeding me the guns up from below. There's these two little African bloke kept handing me guns from like down the bottom. You couldn't even see them. Get past <laughs> the guns up. And you know, there, there was no real rituals except I turned up on set every day with chili bites, which is like a really dried version of Biltong and they, they would look at me every day like, Did you bring lunch? And that was <laughs> but there was no, no real rituals but richard was a mason so he there was always these hand posts yeah. you see on the net as opposed yeah. to yeah. doing this yeah that was a very big thing for him yeah but it's you know there was no actual ritual as far as the, the other stuff went there was because they, they were quite short yeah when, when about during the filming did you realize that this was going to be a, a very special film you know possibly one of the best films ever made I wouldn't say that I thought that from when we had the stuff in Africa. George and I, so we cut a lot of the film in Africa. So George and I sat in his van with this guy called Zeb. <laughs> and we had about nine TV screens, which is what we ran the, the film from a lot of the time. So we had multiple sets running. And so we would have, there was like multiple war rigs in the desert in exactly the same position, but set up to catch the sunlight. Yeah. So Colin and, the, and PJ and the guys had the, the sun track across the top from the, from the locator, the GPS, and we could work out where to put the war rig. So we could shoot from, say, 9 till 12 there, and then from 12 till 3 there, so the light would be oh, the same. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, so we had multiple sets running of everything. That set plus second unit plus, you know, the auxiliary units, and then we had the guys with the frigging the Russian arms. And, so there was non, there was so many things running. You had to keep a tail on whose arm was where and who was doing this because the second double was doing that. And so when we sat together in the Z van, because I was pretty much, I suppose, one of the few people that knew the action sequences, especially for the... The yeah. gun jazz, which I called the gun jazz because it was a lot longer originally, mm. but <laughs> it, it no one knew that no one knew the sequence except for the gunfighting except for myself. So when I started putting that together with George, we sat in that van and we started building stuff. We realised that there was some really cool moments, but keeping track of things is the hardest. So when Margie got hold of it and started repositioning things to a point, so when she started editing it properly, it started becoming a lot more cohesive because we were rough cutting on the fly and getting it out the door so they could get it back to yeah. Australia and it started becoming a picture and you went, okay, well, I can, because for me, I knew where every actor was at every point in time, especially the hardest scene to make on the film was, I suppose, which led into the polecat scene where, where Max goes from, you know, you've got the, the back of the war rig over the top 
there's the fight with Charlie's at yeah. the front, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fight with Max at the back, knowing where they are at every point in time, and then how he ends up on the bottom, off the side, onto the fuel truck up there, then onto the doof wagon, then back yeah. on the heat. Yeah, yeah. And that was so hard to structure, and knowing where everybody was so that we knew how to keep track of everybody. When we started putting that together, I kind of thought we kind of we had a cool scene coming together, and yeah. that goes like fifteen minutes. It's a big yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we had a well, not, till, not till we saw uh, the cut of Margie, and we had the first post storm. Uh, well, actually, the storm itself. When I saw that storm for the first time yeah. in a raw yeah. form, it felt like Mad Max was transitioning from the old days into the new millennia. You know, made yeah, it so yeah, yeah. Cool. Yes. Okay, now we're. We've gone somewhere different, which is why Africa works so well. Where Broken Hill would have felt we we're revisiting old territory, but this felt that new. And yeah. that, was, that was the moment I kind of went, we've got something. Yeah. So that, that well, sort of brings us on to a question from Chatville was, um, if there is another Mad Max, will you be in it? Well, two things. I, I'm always that. And how much can you tell us about the new Mad Max film? <laughs> what, that I've got this? I've had the screenplay uh, sitting on my laptop for like five Ooh. years. No, I think Mark alluded to something the other day. So I'll leave it with he him. did, he yeah. could, he only a bit. Be, he can be busted by the studio and I'm yeah. every time. And, uh, <laughs> um, it, it's okay. So I, in some ways, I hope we don't make another Mad Max because I'm not sure we'll capture the, the the pain that we got in this one. I just don't know. If, you know, when you get those moments of magic in a movie, like the Terminator yeah. film, or you know, where you, you suddenly something just gelled and worked. And I think the Mad Max story. Worked because of the sheer pain that we all went through to make this film happen. And the sheer mm. exhaustion. I mean, I sat with Charlize on set one day, and she was so – I've never seen someone so absolutely depressed and demoralised. And I simply put my hand on her thigh and said – and gave her a little pat and said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and she looked up at me, she goes, you have no idea how much that means to me right now. And it was, she was just at that point – everyone was at that point. It wasn't just her, it was George. It was yeah. Every single yeah. person was at that point. It was such a hard film to make. And – the hours were so long and, you know, and that's when Tom came up with the idea one day of Mr. Creams, which is, because, gee, you know what would be real funny? What, what if we're here in the desert and we're, we're shooting this thing and, and this little Rastafarian guy goes riding past on a bike with ice cream. That'd be yes! So that, it happened. The next Friday it happened. So we're, I've got a shirt over there. They made about 30 shirts called Mr. Yeah. Creams. And it has on the Mr. Gen. And it's a little Rastafarian. I'll get it out of the safe if I can get the key Oh, yeah, yeah. And show you. And they only made burger <laughs> throws these shirts. Tom signed them all and said on the back, it's got, on the side, on the arm, it's got Mad Max Fury Road to Compass. Yeah. On the back, it's got miss, Missed Again because they only had about 30, 40 ice cream. So when you saw him, if you didn't leg it up there, and yeah, second, that was it. Go on, yeah. Like, oh, you didn't miss it, you go, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to the set, you're going to draw the morals, so I'm sitting there eating a Cornetto. And, and it was that, oh, and it became, oh, Missed Again, you know, and that was the, so that became the slogan on the back of the shirt. So who was the winner? Who had the most ice creams? Pardon? Who had the most ice creams? Oh, I think the grips were closest, so the grips would take off yeah. the set. They're in a heartbeat. And, but it was just the fun. You'd be into the wall, you'd go, get out of the way, you've got to show me shit back. I want to write into the outer door. And, oh. you know, you'd get me once, I'd keep you and so oh. these moments that and that kind of stuff made it really. You'd look forward to that Friday, and we and the funny thing was on our sort of contracts was a, a rotational six day contract. Yeah. We did straight sevens from the get go, and when it, we weren't on set, we we're at George's place rewriting. Nico, myself, George, uh, someone, Richard, we were rewriting the screenplay right. as we went. We we never stopped. One thing about writing with George is you don't stop writing till the film's yeah. finished. And oh, we yeah. reworked all the dialogue. Everything came out of those evolutions of staying together and. 
a lot of you know directors will keep it, that's our screenplay let's run with it and George is like no 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 we have to keep evolving this yeah, animal as we yeah. go and so we did every day yeah, but that is huge. team then that shows that what a yeah. tight team you were you know in order to do that it needs to be trust within the team to work this way yeah it, and George has a core group of people around him that he's always trusted which is you know Colin gets now productions on yeah. <laughs> if you get a chance to talk to Colin, you should talk to Colin. He's an interesting animal. And you know, there's, Mark, there's Mark, or Colin kind of, <laughs> in like in summertime, like Colin will strip down into, you know, he's got this big hairy chest. He's got the, you know, the yeah. shirt. As the day gets hotter, the shirt comes off. And one year we actually had him walking around Kenny Miller in his underpants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's a hilarious guy. He's so talented, so funny, but tells you that he doesn't like you, he'll tell yeah. you he doesn't like you. Yeah. So, so I like that's that. what I love about it. And George, Doug, there's a handful of people he keeps close and yeah. that give him that level yeah. of trust where he knows it'll yeah. get done, you know, and yeah, but that's always been the element. Yeah. yeah. So but when, yeah. when you look at people's IMDB credits and stuff and you think that's a weird mix, then you realize that, that they're all George's sort of mates and stuff and they're, they're, they've done the pig film. To Fury Road, where's the connection? There's yeah. one, there doesn't appear to be one except we that. Hit, well, no, we, we want to people kill who the work. penguins and the pigs. And yeah. the pigs, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Baller in the Desert, job done. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, Mark, I should. Oh, where is it? It's on my computer. Um, Mark drew a cool comic cover. When, when <laughs> oh, the, the Mad Max storyboards, the actual Mad Max comics came out, which I've got them here somewhere, Mark drew one for a guy who asked, Oh, can he make me? Because they came up with these blank covers as yeah. well. But the, the naked ones, which you could get the artist to draw on. So Mark did this yeah. really cool one of a hybrid Happy Feet Mad Max. <laughs> the, elephant, the elephant seal bullet farmer with the, the and then Mumble, <laughs> Mumble the penguin standing there going, my, my life is fire and blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's this hilarious coverage I've got here he, somewhere. He's he a complete rotten uh, Mark. It's so funny. Uh, I do, have a, uh, I do have a question from Mark, actually. Um, I know. So, Mark Sexton asks So, how exactly did Max kill your character? As there wasn't any blood on the vest of yours that he could see when Max returned from stopping the peacemaker. Please explain. Oh. Yeah, it was completely, it was completely anal. <laughs> well, you got shot in the bum. <laughs> I got round. I got. I said to Tom, Tom goes, you don't get to see how I kill you. Because he goes, because I, I take your vest. I said, Tom, the fact is I said you couldn't. And I know you couldn't, so they did it off screen. <laughs> <laughs> I had Tom, Tom was funny. He would leap out at me and do these things. So he was in the stunchion one day and he's behind me. And he dives out and grabs me around the legs. And I grabbed him under the jawbone. I dragged him along the floor by the jawbone. He's like, oh, gee, what did you do that for? As he leapt out at me, he goes, I said, what did you do that for? He goes, oh, I just wanted to see if he had an arsenal. <laughs> well, I said, that's one thing. And then there was another time he did something and I nearly broke his leg. I dropped down one knee under his knee and folded him over. And George said, you guys have just got to stop this. <laughs> and we're on set every day and we just niggled it. We're just such, we're just both clowns, yeah. essentially. And we're all together. We'd be, we'd be elbowing, hitting each other on set, doing stuff like this. And George looked down, we'd, go, we'd be pointing up with Richard Norton. We'd be pointing up at this thing. Like, look at that, what do you reckon? That's, that's good. And then George looked, we'd hit each other, give each other on the head. George looked back and we'd be looking at the sun. What do you reckon? That's good, isn't it? Yeah. And he never caught on that we were just always at each other having this, this little rub, you know, ragtag sort of fight. So it was so much fun. Well, um, I think... He was good. We, had, we, did so, we, we, used to, we found a place called yeah. Oasis, which, uh, of all things, a little Italian lady had moved to Africa with a guy who then broken up with her, and she owned a restaurant 20 kilometres off the road through sand dunes. If you didn't have a, a four-wheel drive, you would get bogged. 
to a place with literally palm trees. It was an oasis. And she would let us shoot guns there. So we would go down with my tactical mates from Africa and we'd get everything set up in the mountain ranges. There'd be a few of the stunt guys I like. She'd make us this beautiful handmade Italian lunch for like four bucks each. And then we'd spend the day in the mountains shooting and sliding down doing tactical shooting. Oh, my so God. Cool. And that became wow. our weekend getaway. And so, that, for, you know, for Tom and myself and Steve yeah. D and a few of the guys, that was our whole my kids go ride their horses and they play croquet. It was awesome oh. stuff. Oh. So we built, built a yeah. friendship. It was cool. A proper oasis. But you, you were filming in the middle of the desert in, in Africa. So were any of your scenes bombed by any weird animals? Suddenly an elephant come in or anything? No. <laughs> things that happened with me was, was the African extras we had didn't know what the commands in film were, like cut this and that. And so... They were all loaded. We had all these African extras yeah. loaded on the war rig like, and loaded all over these vehicles. And someone called Cut. Next time we looked around, they were gone. They'd all run off over the sand dunes. They thought that was it. That was the day over. They all gone home. We had to chase them down and bring them back. <laughs> Oi, come so, back. Yeah, well, well, Cut just means stop. It doesn't mean the day's over. It's like four in the morning. Let's get back in. Uh, we never had animals. We had a lot of stuff. We were, we were doing a fight scene on the ground one day. And <laughs> we were fighting these mats. And we're on the sand. And we're rolling around. And I said, hang on, guys, just move for a second. I pulled away to the side of these mats, and there's all these oh scorpions under the mats. Oh. <laughs> I photographed these scorpions, and then I found this massive spider, this sand-colored spider, and I'm going, that's not good. So, <laughs> anyway, I, so I photographed all these things. I went back to the there were snakes in the sand dunes, too. These snakes that would bite you and make you a little bit sick. And so I took these <laughs> photographs back to a friend of mine. I said, who's African? I said, mate, I said, just showing you. We were doing the fight scenes on the ground today. These... Are these scorpions dangerous? Well, they said, let me give you a hint. He said, the smaller the claws, the more deadly the animal. And I said, the claws are tiny. He goes, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're fighting on the ground, rolling around these scorpions. We didn't even, they were literally sand didn't know they were there. And I said, well, we might want to move a little bit, guys. So we shifted it away. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the little things that happened were, like, those sort of animals were all, all over the shop. But we never had yeah. elephants in that in the scenes because we were sort of in another yeah. part of the, the desert, yeah. which was That's very right. sand journey. But it was there. Would have been cool. Have a little yeah, that's like. so you're in the middle of your, and suddenly, <laughs> 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 on the way to the road became salt. So we drive out of Swakaman and it just became this salt road. And you, wow. at three in the morning, four in the morning on the way to set, it was sleet, it was dark, and there was no road markings. Oh my God. And we didn't know where we were going. You would literally drive yeah. off, if you didn't know, you'd drive off the road and kill yourself in the desert yeah. in the sand. And so there was a, a pipeline we could sort of follow, and but it, you couldn't see three or four feet in front of you. And, of course, being sensible, you sit on about 120, <laughs> you know, you flying through the desert. And then you, you'd, you'd, you'd the see German a glimpse of something well, and yeah. you'd hit the anchors and it'd be a freaking elephant or it'd be a giraffe or, a, or there'd be stuff that you go, well, I wasn't expecting that. And, yeah, that stuff would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, wow. But, yeah, you know, we still went kind of so, fast. Did you have any, did you have any surprises <laughs> like when you were choreographing the fight scenes? when you had to then do it on a moving vehicle, then actually having your feet planted yeah. on, the, on the ground, if you know what I mean. Well, there was one day, I put, one day I put, a, I remember with Pato, I put a banana <laughs> skin on the top of the, of the war rig, which said he purposely slipped on. But not surprised so much as we found stuff. So we, when I, we started the fire, so I would mud map it on the ground. So I would get literally, this is high-end yeah. film production. We had no prop because we had a prop department of about three people. And so we were making guns out of cardboard. Like we had cardboard guns, cardboard. We had a guy make the, the, the uh, we call it the rubber caster. So uh, Cooper's yeah. guitar was made of rubber. One of our guys yeah. cut it out with a knife, his rubber thing, which would bend and right. yeah. we taped some oh, PVC to it. And we wow. didn't have anything. We didn't even have, when we started, we didn't even have a vehicle. So we hired <laughs> we hired a ute from, from Kennard's Hire or one of the hire companies in 
in Broken Hill to start with, and we used the roof as the top of the doof wagon. We had a cherry picker hanging down with a double Hong Kong with a Hong Kong harness, so the guy could swivel. The fighters yeah. had lots of spins to swivel yeah. there with coma, yeah. which I had to lose because the, the the setup changed. And then we were on the back. The back of the Ute was the stage we'd fight on. And then the guys would come up from the sand and be the, the guy shooting and this and that happening. And we jumped on the roof of this vehicle so many times it, it just stove. The <laughs> and then we ended up t- we took it back to them. Said, "Oh, what did yeah, something happened. We don't know what." But the fight scene became smaller. Who's that? So the doof wagon went from you know from from a Kennard's Ute, which yeah. is yeah. the height, to this doof wagon, which is seven and a half meters high. Which we had a stage. We had a meter by meter stage to work no. on, which isn't no. a lot of room. And then no. Colin said to me, "Oh, by the way, we've uh, we've still got to put the car body on the sides." Which brought this stage down to, I'm not joking, 700 by 700 oh size. Which Jeez. is why the fight had to, I revamped that fight, which is, had to puppeteer. So when, when Nathan first comes out with a crossbow yeah. to shoot at Max, and he pulls yeah. back and then lets Coma go, and he goes yeah. flying off into the universe. Yeah. We yeah. had to puppeteer that because I needed him out of the fight because I couldn't fit anybody oh else God. up there. So I needed to get him back. <laughs> to stay shot, out. Let him go like a slingshot. So he would shoot out of there so the next guy could come up and we could do that part of the fight. Yeah. He couldn't fit them on there. So uh-huh. the fight got revamped based on our stage sizes and lots of stuff changed on the fly. Seriously, it was it was a thinking. The, the oh. film was a like a absolute <laughs> mindset. Really. Yeah. Well, Spaceman Leo wants to know: Is there a lost scene from Fury Road where you see Marx destroy the bullet farmer vehicle? No, that was no, there's not. That's your answer. <laughs> that's your, no, there's we we did the. There was never an explosion because the the vehicle was yeah. one of a kind. It was a a handmade vehicle, that Rissor vehicle. And, yeah, so it wasn't destroyed. It was kept, thankfully, because it's a cool bit of kit. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, they did it off, they did it off camera. But the, the whole thing, us flying over the dunes, and that was the last moment you see. And But, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately it wasn't destroyed, but yeah. fortunately it wasn't destroyed. What, what, was, there, was there any <laughs> other scenes that, that you did film that didn't make it into the film that you were very proud of? Oh, lots of stuff. I mean, the gun jazz, yeah. which is why I nicknamed it the gun jizz, uh, it it was a, a, the first moment of trust between Max and Furiosa, and I choreographed this to to be this amazing moment of gun interchange between these two. There was this bag full of guns, only yeah. a certain amount of rounds in the magazine, so they, they've counted what they've got, and they knew they had two in that, three in that, five in that, six in that, and we had magazine mounts, magnetic ones built into the dashboard, so Furiosa could bang it yeah. out and, and get it out and do those things. And oh, was was that part of the point of the, of the counting the ammunition? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ah, but okay. it never and went so, on from there. Yeah. So what happened is, is all this ammunition, and these guns in this bag, were, yeah. were were brought in, and we okay, we've got this many and this, this many, this. So they you have, and what happened is Max would open. That's why he opens the yeah. roof first. You know, she jumps out to the roof. He's loading the gun. Yeah. She was meant to load something. He's throwing this. Give him that. It was this whole interplay. And the day there was one day. You know, you, that one day you didn't turn up. As you know, you know that yeah. just ruined one chicken. <laughs> yeah. So that whole thing. yeah. Yeah, one job, one job. Yeah, it was that one moment. I wasn't on set that day. I was, I think I was out doing something else with, I was on the range or doing something great. But George was on set and forgot about Tom. And so Matt, Tom's sitting there and he goes, George, I wouldn't just be sitting here. What would I do? And George goes, well, what would you do? Tom goes, well, I'd load my guns. So Tom loads his Glock with magazine after magazine, which completely screwed the pooch because the next scene yeah. is the gun jazz. And so which is why uh, Tom has the Glock right, the whole yeah. way through that scene. Which he didn't originally. He was changing out to, to, to a single shot rifle and this that like short yeah. rifles and revolvers and handguns. Which is why we, you know, at the end of the scene, one's got a flare gun, one's got the, you know. So it's 
it was made as this massive. I have the original footage of the interplay of that of me with the stunt doubles working it, and even me with Charlie and Tom working it, and it was this wonderful sequence, which then became the Glock sequence, you know. And, but Tom, there's a moment in there where Tom does a magazine change, which is I worked in one of those mag changes probably about yeah. a thousand times. So to get a gun, just mag change, mag change, mag change, mag change, you know, nonstop. And so he changes mag. He's shooting out that window. He changes mag before he goes out between her legs. Most people haven't even seen the mag change. And when we did it on the set, though, he actually shot the windscreen. (laughs) (laughs) And he's turning, he goes, dang, you see his face go like this. (laughs) And George goes, that's great, Tom. That's that's, that's a a, a scene. I went, George, no, he just shot the windscreen. (laughs) He goes, no, he didn't. I said, George, shot the windscreen. And I had the other the other armor, Ian, who's a wonderful young guy in, uh, from Africa. We were he was lying on the roof looking in. He goes, <laughs> <"Shut the laughs> and, and so I said, it's played in slow motion. Tom's face, it's that whole contorted. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! I might be able to get away with this, and yeah, we picked it. So, uh, so he was funny. Oh, he came to the range like every guy. Oh gee, I know. Did off work with guns, bang, and shot the ground by his feet. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's start you again. Charlize is listening. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, that actually, I'm going to get into this really quickly. The there's two things. Two things. One, one was uh, the argument that happened between Charlize and Tom spawned. On I was. I was going to ask about that. That was going to be my next question. This has to be asked. She was doing. She was doing yoga in Namibia, and it wasn't just yoga. It was power yoga. We do power, you know. So she would come to the. And I said, where well, you been? She goes, I've just been to power yoga. And so we just started laughing about it. And, I, and then Tom goes, hey, Charlize, can you just power yoga me this? Hey, can you power yoga me that? Power yoga, just power, oh, this will take a bit of power oh. yoga. Everything became power yoga. And oh, we, drilled, we drilled her about it for about a week. And after a week, she comes and goes, Greg, because that's enough. We're done. I went, right, yeah. well, we're done. I said, well, hold it up. I said, Tom, listen, that's enough. Charlize, you're getting the shit to it. Just stop. He goes, no, fuck that. I'm going to ramp it up. So, oh. <laughs> and it became this whole thing. I knew like, he was to blame. It. I knew it. <laughs> and so it all started from yoga. So yoga isn't good for you yeah. people. Don't do it's yoga. Not. It's not. Right? It's just power yoga. Breaks up. Breaks up. Greg's tip of the year, do not do power yoga. And if your friend does do it, don't do Don't do power yoga. It's adds too much voltage. If, if that, would, would any of these uh, would any of these deleted scenes um, that, like that sort of thing will they ever appear on like an extended version? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, but the but out of that, what happened out of that is this is the my my big leadership moment in the film is that that all happened and got so bad to the point that there was like almost a restraining order against Tom being anywhere near her. And so yeah. when she gets pulled back into the roof of the war rig, it's actually my mate Dane's arm because we had to use an arm double because she didn't want him touching her. <laughs> so oh, my, my gosh. And, and, and then really we, uh, you know, we had tough times because then they didn't really want to work much together. And that was the, the day before our post-dawn fight. And the negotiation, <gasps> I remember oh, my no. wife keeping us set. I'm like, guys, come on, you've got to do this, please, just for me. We've worked so hard on this fight. Can we make it? And, and you know, thankfully they did it because it became a cool fight. But, yeah. It became a little bit tenuous. And then Tom became Fat Tom through the film. He went from uh, becoming lean and fit Tom to I've been in the desert for six months eating fat food and I became Fat Tom. And then we had to get him back to Thin Tom. So it got almost like it got Johnny Deppish to the point where we had to almost shoot the yeah. film in cinemascope to make the whole point. You know? 
anamorphic, twist it, go on. Yeah, it was like a spaghetti western. Now we had to start bringing along the skinny to make him look normal again. But anyway, he got it together. Uh, one of our one of our friends oh. is actually uh, is is good mates with Charlie Bronson, and he said when he first met uh, yep. Tom Hardy, he didn't like him, but then he 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 saw his acting and he and he he thought he did a great job in the end, but. Yeah, I wouldn't like to cheese off Charlie Bronson, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the funny thing about it is Tom was just him when he came over. Everything yeah. was Charlie Bronson. It was hilarious. So, but, yeah, yeah, I think that – I think what Tom did, though, that role, and I said to Tom, I said, look, if, if, I, if I never, ever have to tackle again, it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we really didn't need to see yeah. Look, yeah, but it – People didn't no, need to see and, that. No, and, you know, but, I mean, he wanted to play, he did, he did want to play naked paintball in the desert <laughs> a number of times. Has he played before? <laughs> um, yeah. So we, 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 would, uh, we would, things would happen where he would, you know, he would just pop up and things would happen, you know. It was, it, it was uh, interesting times. <laughs> it was, it, it was, <laughs> was good. Like, even when, when, when. I hope there's when, no film of that. No, there's not, thankfully. But when, uh, <laughs> when, when Batman came out, when that yeah. Tom played Bane in, uh, yep. I remember we went out to see that, and my little bloke had just got this wonderful Batman costume. It was really cool in Africa. And so he goes, Dad, can we go into Tom's place? I said, why? I guess I've got to beat up Bane. <laughs> and so Tom opens the door. Mason just, Mason's just turned five, launching at him with this barrage of punches, which I think we've got some blurry photos of somewhere. And then no way. Tom nails him. So there's some really there's some, there's some shots on the net of Tom holding Mason up on his shoulder wow. in the Batman costume. And that. But it was just this moment where Bane got nailed by the face of Batman. Is <laughs> 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 is. And Mark, that uh, footage of you getting stood on by Mason too on your back on Kennedy Miller's floor. I remember I found it the other oh day. Oh my it's god! <laughs> is is Mason gonna uh, follow follow his dad into films? Mason's an extraordinary tap dancer, believe it or not. He's he no gets way. taught by the tap oh, wow. dancer, an Aussie an Aussie guy tap group. Tap jogs, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. So Dean and Darren, Dean, Dean and Darren, serious good mates of mine. They're they're all tough. Yeah. Sort of, they come from steelwork country in Newcastle. They're all electricians and. You know, fitter and turners and stuff who got in, got these boots on and got taught as young kids by this old, oh really God. mean guy. He was a real mean bloke. He used to, he was a horrible guy, but taught them how to tap. Made them great tappers, and they went on to become the tap dogs and tour of the world in oh England and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, and so Mason gets taught by them, and he's become this extraordinary tapper. And But he also wants to get into shooting with me, like to handgun shooting and stuff, because he's pretty talented over there. He was, he was shooting guns in Africa, and he was deadly accurate. He's very good. Even in America, he shoots guns with me, and he's just lethally accurate. And, uh, so, you know, I don't know. It's his choice. I mean, I won't force him into anything, you know, but I, even my daughter, Maya, I try and expose him to stuff and let him yeah. make a choice because I think it's you know, it. too many parents live vicariously through their kids. I think yeah. you should uh, let them. Oh, let well, them be uh, them. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think it give kids opportunities, but let yes. them choose if they want to yeah. take the opportunity out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have that's to the best and let them see. And I mean, I've just been, look, I've been fortunate with film. I mean, it's I sort of managed to land on my feet in a weird way, being this untalented hack that I am. And, it, it's sort of, it's become, and, and it's not, I suppose it's never a talent thing. Like, I'm just really driven. Like, I think if, yeah. I, when I speak on stage, I tell people my greatest two assets are naivety and stupidity. Because <laughs> I'm too naive to know I can't do it, too stupid to turn back. And I'll just keep going until I get there. And film was one of those things, shooting, bodybuilding, martial arts, you know, speaking now. And wow. all that stuff is a, is just through constant drive. And so I explain to my kids that drive will get you through where other people Quit with Whatever, yeah, definitely. And, that's what my parents yeah. always told us. Yeah, and that's how you survive the apocalypse. Don't give up. Exactly, and also <laughs> congratulations being Australia's uh, first ever accredited Toastmaster. Yeah, thanks. There's 87 of us in the world in 40 years. Wow. And yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to get. It's you know I think thousands and thousands of people have tried for it, and 
to get through all the stages of judging is it's a long process and you have to be a professional speaker you have to yeah. have specific, they send digital references across to every company you speak for and you don't get to see them they send them back to them you don't know what they've written and then you've got to send uncut videos in case you break into a full Tourette's outburst during the speech <laughs> <laughs> you can't just edit that bit out and all, all that and they collate all that they judge it then you can invite them to speak on stage in front of quite a few thousand people and they make the decision on, like, you get judged on stage. So you've got to bring it to deliver. And so, yeah, I was really fortunate to get it last year. And it's, wow. it's been a, you know, six-year journey. Everything's yeah. years. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah. years. And people don't get that. They want it now. It's like, no, it takes time. So I'm prepared to put the time in. Yeah. This is how it Go, going, going back slightly, why did you leave the, the Chinese film side of things? It fell apart. It was, I was there around the time where, where China took over Hong Kong again. Yeah. And I was oh, just right. getting started. Right. And I had, I had the, this is like, you know, the old, uh, how, how do you best put it? You get promised the world and get given an atlas. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I was, I was given the two biggest lead action roles in these two biggest Chinese films that are ever going to be made. And as, the, of course, the bad guy thing, European in China. Yeah, yeah of and course. About a week or two before they were going to get production underway, uh, Tony Lung was the lead actor in one of them. He won the Best Actor Water Cannes Film Festival. He headed overseas and the film fell over. He broke his contract. Uh, and all that stuff fell apart and the, all the Chinese stars, the Hong Kong stars, yeah, of America. Yeah. And like overnight, the whole industry just went. And I just went, all, yeah. I'm done. I had yeah. to find my way back home and start building again and, you know, just Crazy. work out the, the next way I was going to try and get into it, you know, the, just yeah, keep yeah. working and find the open. Yeah, never somewhere. surrender. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And you, you find the open and I've, Sort of managed That's to it. find one. Yeah, yeah definitely. That takes time. Oh my god! So wow. we're just going to try a uh, every week. We have a part of the show called Celebrity Thunderdome. I don't know if you've right. if you've yes. seen this before. So we have we pick two fictional characters, two celebrity fictional characters, and um, what we do is we assign one to you and one to Skelly, and uh, each of you have thirty seconds to convince the audience why they should vote for your fighter. Does that make sense? Right. Okay, yeah, and then so. I, heard, I heard Mark doing this. Yeah, Mark week. is quite good at this. Yeah, actually. I can't remember. Did Mark win? I think Mark won. Didn't I think he, he was good. Right, he was. was the... He's a good talker, Mark. He's normally skelly. He's, he's really, really good, though. Like if you get out of Norfolk Island, it's like the bloody leg up program. You know? <laughs> Got to help the kid out. Okay, so on tonight's uh, Celebrity Thunderdome, we've had all kinds of weird ones, um, but today we've got a grudge match. So we have actually got. Predator versus Alien. Okay, so Greg, uh, still trying to get past that screenplay. I know. Yeah, yeah, the films are pretty bad. Uh, So I've seen a film on TV. (laughs) So Greg, you're going to have 30 seconds to explain to the audience using all your um, Toastmaster accreditation skills um, (laughs) why um, they should vote for the Predator in the Celebrity Thunderdome. Are you ready, sir? Your 30 seconds starts now. Predator would wallop Alien for the mere fact that he has all these skulls around his neck and he's a Rastafarian. If you think about the hairdo, he's a Rastafarian. He would go, hey man, come here, Alien. I'll give you some of this, have a talk on this. And Wally's going to bang, 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 beat him to death with those other skulls. It's exactly what I'd be doing because it gets him. And also you get the new skull out of it. You get a brand new skull from Alien, but you also get to give a bit of a talk to a friend before you take him out. That's what I'd be doing. Oh, awesome, awesome. Round of applause, everybody. Yes, Round of applause. Yes, that's that's going to be a hard one to beat. That was very that's good. That's very good, actually. Yeah. Okay, I've Skelly. Now per- I've now got Perta's head on your Mr. Cream T-shirt in my head at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> I've got to get that out and show you that shirt. Yeah, no, do no, that. That does do sound that. awesome. Okay, Skelly, you have okay, Skelly. 30 seconds to fight back why the alien would win. 
Oh, well, the evidence oh. is already on film. If you, if you, they were god awful films, but if you watch the films, uh, the predators got walloped by the aliens, and in in fact, we ended up with a pred alien at the end of it. So they basically had unprotected sex and <laughs> oh, all, all sorts of nastiness. So clearly, the predators got some kind of hots for for the alien here, and it's got acid for blood. It's a genetically engineered perfect killing machine. So it's going to be a bit of a walkover and probably another franchise, which I probably won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you, there you go. Well, that was a short one for Skelly. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and I think if, if the Predator wanted to beat Alien, he'd just make him sit through the film. Oh, and that's true. That's outside of the 30 <laughs> seconds. That's a, di- that's a disqualification yeah. there. That's outside <laughs> of 30 seconds. I must admit, the last Alien Predator film was awful. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... It, I, I don't think I even got through it. They're not flat. Yeah. There's a few films they shouldn't have made that would be better as raw footage, a raw <laughs> film before it can pass. Uh, yeah. if, if, there was a, if there was a film that you haven't been in, but you, you wish that you could have been, if you could turn back time or you could be in any film, what film would it be and what role would you take? The Godfather is Michael. Yeah. Oh, good choice. One of the greatest yeah. transitions. We were literally, we watched it last night again with my little bloke. And, I mean, there's a lot of films. I like Deliverance. One yeah, of the great yeah. Films. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Ned Beatty's character. I don't want to be John Ned. <laughs> um, yeah. You can be Ned. I think you'd squeal okay. Um, <laughs> squeal, little piggy. The, the transition of the character between, you know, when Michael starts out as this kid that even the father doesn't want him to be in the role and he's this good kid, the war hero, who then then becomes this absolutely cold, calculating dude that's just, yeah, one of the great character transitions of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely stunning yeah. film. Uh, are you? I'm, I'm, I'm one, of the, one of those things where the second the the the, the um, sequel was better than the original. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's and there's only a handful of films that do that. You know, there's Very, really... yeah. The original was bloody good. Oh, yeah, and the second one's fantastic. I mean, yeah. yeah, very rarely do it right. Like Terminator One and Two are great. There's a few films where they get the sequels right. A lot of films they they shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> Most sometimes it, shouldn't. it's like the difficult second album. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Never quite, yeah, but, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I think a hard rock, a hard rock band should just do a whole album just to balance. With the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. that goes from black and white to colour in the end through the solo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do, do, There's one for you. Do, do, do you have yeah, Do you have any funny stories about um, uh, Mr. Angry Anderson? Oh, I have stuff I said. <laughs> I told Angry. Oh, yeah. oh, is there anything you can say? One day I said, well, you, I said to Angry, actually, he fell out. He was in hospital about a week and a half ago. Oh, I rang him and said, how have you been? He said, oh, yeah, I've been all right. He said, I was in hospital. You know, because my dad was in hospital recently, being a, being a dope, yeah. you know, doing at 85, still digging for 10 hours in the yard, doing the stupid stuff they do, which they shouldn't <laughs> oh. at 85. But he's good now. But Angry goes, yeah, I was in hospital, same hospital his dad was in. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I got up on the roof to clean the leaves out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and, the, and I got up on the ladder, okay, and I'm right up there on the second story. And that he goes, then I'm on the ground. He said, I thought of you straight away. So what do you mean? He said, my young blokes above me going, what the fuck are you doing, you stupid fat old fucker? And he said, he goes, Gail is young bloke, ripping into him. He goes, and for some reason, he goes, I thought of you. He goes, because that's how you talk to me. He goes, I'm into him. He goes, oh, you fat little prick. What are you? So, okay, so I'm going to tell you a couple of angry stories. So angry, I won't tell you the, there's, there's one who'll kill me if I tell you, I won't tell you that one. But I said, when you die, I'm going to write a book called The Angry Truth, and it's all going to come out there. <laughs> oh, good, good title. Good title. Yeah, so there's a gag I played on Angry a long time ago when the wars were on. Well, they're still kind of going. A friend of mine goes out a couple of weeks. But there's he was he went over to do a private music tour with his band and then over to Afghanistan and Iraq to play for the troops. No one knew about this thing. Anyway, my connection with a lot of Special Forces guys, being as it is, I got an obsec email and 
I was able to get in contact with my friends who were in both countries. And angry changed with me at the gym. I got angry to weight training a long time ago properly, you know. Yeah. And he's still a fat little prick. <laughs> like, it looks like a wombat, wombat without hair. And, <laughs> and, and he, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being a bit harsh on wombat. And, <laughs> but he was over on this private tour, and I, I rang, I got onto the, onto the email, I got across to a mate of mine, Shirl, who was over in Afghanistan, and a mate of mine, Lammy, who nicknames these are, who were over in Iraq. I said, right. When, when you, if you get to see angry, because they're on operational tour doing high level insertion stuff in the SAS, I said, if you can swing this, get off, get off, get off wherever you are, come back and try and see him. And if you do see angry, say this. I said, angry, you fat little fuck. Greg said, get back to the gym. <laughs> and, and so here he is, angry lands in Afghanistan, gets off this plane, surrounded by guys and all this stuff. They're going, you know, there's snipers yeah. around. So they're there watching this. Yeah. And he said, he goes, man, out of the desert, like out of. These four guys come towards me, fully kitted up, long beards. He sounds going, well, these guys look like serious dudes. Yeah. So they walk up around <laughs> behind me, and one comes up behind me, just pulls down his little face and goes, angry, you little fuck. Greg said, <laughs> he comes up, and they walk over the top. <laughs> and he said, he's got all these politicians with him going, what is that about? Like, he said, so we do the gig there, we play the songs, and he said, we fly out to Iraq. He said, I landed in Iraq and it was so much work. It was like 300 emails to get my mate Lammy off tour to come back and do this. This is the level we pushed up to the gag. And he comes back and he said, seriously, I'm at the, he said, I'm at the airport, just landed in the, in the, in the green zone. No. Said, and these, these guys come out of the mist. He said, I walked towards me, one walks right up. He said, he's this far from my face in front of me. He's looking at me with this whole mask and everything on. He just looks at me and he just pulls it down like with one finger. Anderson, you fat little fuck. <laughs> back to the gym. Puts it up. You've got to write. You've got to write a book, mate. Right operation, which you knew about. These guys are serious, You know, and here's where you'll see. Everyone will see that these guys, the real serious deal. Looking happy feet. If you look in happy feet, there's a montage scene at the end where the camera goes through all these riot police. That was the guys. Oh They'd all just come back from Operation Big in Theatre in Iraq and Afghanistan. I said, while you're here, guys, they're all friends. Said, Get on the film set for a day. I'll put you on the film. No. So they come oh. and said, there's these guys beating shields. And I remember the extras saying to me, those guys look really serious like they want to hurt us. I said, they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was oh, any one of my friends that ever played a part in any of my short films, anything I've ever made when I was this kid wanting to be something. Uh, I always try and pull them. I would have got them all in Mad Max too, but when we shifted to Africa, it just wasn't yeah, possible. Yeah. But I would have had them all in there too, you know, because that's oh, I just think it's so cool having you, friends you, you, on your set. Or if you've been lucky enough to be yeah. something, you get your mates there. Do, do, cool. do, do you think that um, Fury Road would have been a much different film had it been shot at Broken Hill? Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I got to Broken And look, Broken Hill... When we were there, when we were in Broken Hill, it was gorgeous. All the, it had rained a lot and all these desert peas and these beautiful you know, flora was out that had never been out for like the 20 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And the people are amazing and they built all these beautiful places for us to stay. Actually, our production designer, Colin, got together with some, some, some of the crew and built this studio there, which we were going to use. And it was going to be called Hillywood. Yeah, Mark was telling us about the flowers and stuff and saying, yeah, but the people wonderful. The place itself in Broken Hill was beautiful. I mean, it really was a beautiful place. But having said that, the limitations we had and the landscape itself was completely the same yeah. as every other film that had been done. So going yeah. to Fury Road and, and being able to go to Africa, to all the salt lakes, to Rossing Mountain, Uranium Mine, to all the things we had, yeah. 
was it was that when we landed there, and I mean, every day we were gold. We we, we literally looked gold because right. the, yeah. the amount of stuff yeah. in the sand yeah. <laughs> it would just cover us. And actually, if you ever look at that scene of Max of Tom on the front of the of the front of the nuts vehicle going through yeah. the desert. Man, he's on there full blast. His eyes were so full of sand. <laughs> oh, must have been, yeah. For days, he couldn't blink. Yeah. I had that problem last year when I yeah, came back from West yeah, Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My skin was so soft, I tell you. Like a baby's bum with an extra yeah. hole. Oh, uh, for months, for months, yeah, I didn't well, need any. What, what we, <laughs> no, it's not. It better tell you, it's not because he had no eye protection. Either. Oh, just my the, gosh. The yeah, sand no goggles or anything. Yeah. was just horrendous. And Tom got knocked out a couple of times in the film. It was uh, with Nathan. Well, that, that, we're, we're, that, that's we're Charlize doing... for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh! she, no, no, she, she just about broke his nose. That elbow strike yeah. he was with in the post dawn fight, they were arguing. And then when, she, when he got up and she saw him crunch with the elbow, uh, with, oh, the cross elbow, sorry, in the, in the opening scene of the fight, yeah. that yeah. just about broke his oh nose. <laughs> he goes, they're saying I'm a psycho. He goes, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good shot, too. And, uh, and the thing about Brilliant. her training her for the role is she kept getting up with two arms. I said, Charlotte, you got a fucking arm missing. I got to the point I had to yeah. tape her arm yeah. around her body. <laughs> so she was practice getting up well, with two arms. Well, she didn't do this. Yeah. Because yeah. shooting's easy. I taught her to shoot two-handed. And then I said, it's your master hand you still got. So all you got to do is drop away the other hand. You can still yeah. shoot yeah. single-handed. It's easy. Yeah. But getting up off the ground and fighting, you've got to use one arm. So we ended up just folding it up and taping it to her yeah. body. So she had to yeah. practice getting yeah. off the ground yeah. with one hand. Yeah. She kept jumping wow. up going, how does that look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's reflex, yeah. <laughs> but, we've got to... but Tom got knocked out. The, the fight was rictus. Oh, God. Two things happened there. One, Jacob, the stunt double, who's cool. Jacob, we had another couple of stunt doubles before Jacob, Tamuri. And Jacob and Tom just looked a lot alike, yeah. so it made it work. But Jacob was so committed to making it work, he just did an awesome, awesome role. And... We had this scene where Rictus launches Max off the roof back into the, the fuel, the tanker body, and onto the deck. And we were setting up cables and this and that. And eventually, Jacob's like, you know what, just fucking throw me. And so Nathan gets him and just goes, and just goes, boom, onto the ground. It looks oh. so cool, but it was real. That's him getting smashed. Oh, God. Then when, when it came to Rictus picking up Max by the throat, yeah. that's Rictus picking up Max by the throat. I said, Tom, just hang onto his hands as best you can. Yeah. And Nathan's yeah. just going to pick you up and hold because Nathan's as strong as a freaking yeah. So he yeah. that engine he rips out of the vehicle at the end. That's a real part of engine. <laughs> we had four breakaways. No, this is no joke. There's four breakaway Jesus. bolts, and Nathan rips up this engine and holds it up. That's the whole block. No engine. way. Like Bollocks. Oh my God. No. Dead set true. It's a real engine. So we we got it up on the vehicle, got it in place, and Nathan gets it and rips it off and holds it up like. <laughs> and that's why it's, and that's why the vehicle's moving. No, we do that station with SimTrap. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty right. hard on yeah. SimTrap to make Even it work. Even so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. But yeah, big effort. But in that fight scene where, where Rictus is hitting Max like a wrestler yeah. does with his forearm, yeah. Yeah. I said to Tom, you've got to go back with hits. I said, catch it out of the corner of your eye, time the hit. And a couple of times, the timing was so good. He's come up and go, boom, got hit in the head. Oh. I remember he's gone unconscious. And he's literally slid down the back <laughs> of the vehicle out cold. His whole face is bleeding around here and that. So we get him oh, off the thing, we, no. we ice his lip and everything up, we get him back. He said, you could get, yeah, could get some, boom, go hit again. He's out cold again. It happened three times. So oh, three times no. without like a light, he comes over and he goes, oh, I'm so sore. <laughs> oh, you know, there was, there was a, took, like a second there. There wasn't a second there to throw the towel in every now and then. When he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some big hits. Where's the magic sponge? And even that, when Nathan grabs him or Rictus grabs him and throws him over yeah. onto the back of the rear of the, the, the prime yeah. mover, that's real. Took, we had to get guys to rebuild the back of it. So I said, just pick him up and just fucking throw him down. Hit him hard. Like, it, 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 it does and, look remarkably in the film like he does just pick him up and throw him. 
He did, and, and he, he does. does. He well, he did. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So we had to get the bike. The vehicle guys hated us because we had to keep getting the boot rebuilt. <laughs> like they had to yeah. mallet, bash it all out with mallets. And so, yeah, but we wanted it to be real. Even the and the post storm fight, for instance. So the way I trained the people for that is that Max and Furiosa were trained really well. And so was Nuts. I said, Nuts, him. roll here. Roll yeah. Yeah. Roll yeah. Here. You know, the effort, Nick, good job. Um, <laughs> and, but he, he was able to roll on cue, which was good. And But the five girls, everyone said, how did you train them for it? I said, well, they're not fired. and said, I don't want to train them because they're going to make it feel yeah. like, like yeah. this. And I said, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. So they said, what did we do, Greg? He said, go grab on the Nick and just fucking get him on the ground, pull him back on the ground. I said, how? I said, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And that's what they did. And it, so yeah. it sold it as four girls going. Yeah. It took five girls pulling down. Well, one was throwing bolt cutters. One was doing, everyone's yeah. helping, but I didn't want to train them up as much as Max and Furiosa had to be beat for beat on the vehicle. That you know the yeah. hits, and the pullbacks, yeah. the reactions are there. Yeah. 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 So I wanted yeah. to, and I wanted to hide the choreography inside the manicness of the fight. So the first yeah. time we showed George my first version of the fight, he nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> so I ran it at one hundred. I ran it at hundred percent speed, and it looked brutal. Like there was this pose around the neck and crack, crack, crack in the face, and all these yeah. movements. And George is like, fuck, I feel like I just watched the fight. Because there were no cheats in the fight. Most fights just have cheats yeah. in it where they'll, they'll move yeah. the guns and this yeah. and that around. We just had it running. It ran as a fight. And he got to the end. He goes, fuck. He just said, wow. I feel like, he said, my heart's pumping. I said, well, that's what, I want to give you that with every fight yeah. scene. And so every fight scene could, could have been done in a single it's way. Real. I made them fights, yeah. real fights. And the, the team did such a good job. I mean, the, they really gave 100%. You know, yeah, but it must be so dedication. It must be yeah. total dedication, you know, again, to even get to that level that you can shoot it in one scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Definitely. geez, wow, so and, much and work. And, and also, every... Yeah. And, but the thing I liked about it is the timing. Yeah. If you shoot it as a fight, the timings don't always work, so you've got to make them work. And that's what makes it so cool. It doesn't feel like a Hong Kong film, which I, I used to review them for the Hong Kong mags. I, I write reviews on every yeah. fight scene. So, and I hated the fact you feel the one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten, yeah. eleven. You know that shit annoys the hell. Fights don't have; uh, they have a natural flow in a way, but they don't have spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. And so I want even Max. He's scrambling for that door because he's not going. I said, Charlie. I said, fucking hit him. I said, if he doesn't get <laughs> hit him with the bolt cutter, I said they're rubber, but they got a metal arm. Yeah. They are. They'll yeah. hurt. I said, just fucking hit. He said, boom, gets the door up. I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want that <laughs> feeling. You know, wow. The chain pulling back. It's like the girls are dragging yeah. back. He's like over and hitting this thing. You know. All these moments yeah, I wanted to yeah. feel, re and even even the sand in the face, like they were arguing a bit then. And I, Tom goes, "Oh, you know, you know what, what? What if what if I threw sand in the face?" I said, "Look, I'll tell her I, I thought of it, even though I didn't." Tom thought of it that bit. I said, "I'll tell her because she's more likely to say yes yeah. to me than you." And she goes, "Yeah, what, she goes, whatever works, wow. let's do it." And so you know, so willing to have sand thrown in the face, and, you know, all that stuff, which is you know, which yeah. is right oh, in the eyes, yeah. and that she took away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those moments of elevated. So so much the attention as it was on Charlie's and and Tom, but I I, I really like Nick Holt's because it's a proper journey. Yeah, it is. It is. He's, the, he's the, the others are, are, are fairly so sort of two dimensional throughout. They don't really yeah. change a great deal, but for him it was yeah. like a proper incredible. And I think he's a good actor. Yeah. It, 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 I've not heard him say very much at all about this. What was he like to work with? Awesome. He's just one of the nicest guys. He, both he and Josh, who played Slick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Too loved. I mean, love. And the one thing that the film had, of course, you got to award just like Hans this morning. Bojo's Coffee Shop. See this, Bojo's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby cool. Joe, who's still a very, very dear friend of ours, he lost her partner last year, Kelly. But oh. Bobby Joe had this coffee shop called Bojo's where everyone just went to. And they would come out on set and give us costumes. But Bobby Joe became this very, and still is this very, very dear friend of us. And 
it, it became this meeting place and Nick and Josh and they were always in there and like that just and Tom it was just this really cool place. But the thing that I liked about the, the actors on the wasn't the Hollywoodized bullshit that we get so often, which is they'll be nice to you when there's people yeah. around that are important, but yeah. when they're not they'll walk up yeah. to you. Where okay. if, yeah. if Tom met you once, he would wave to you from across the road and run over and say good day. Nick and Josh oh. would buy you coffee or they'd sit and chat with yeah. you. Like they became really yeah. good mates and just decent people, you know, and and but brought so much life to the characters. Like Nick embodied the Nux roll. And the Nux roll is such a cool yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah. My, my well, I've got Nux on my leg. Yeah, yeah no, he's on my leg. But the thing about Nick is that, like, the moment for me in the film, which was so beautiful, is when he gets the gun from the Morton and he just fucks it up. It's like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> it's awesome. Mediocre. You know? what, what, what was <laughs> Hugh like? What, what was but, Hugh like to, to work with? Because he, he's a character. So I think I told you yeah. the story the other week when we were doing Justice League. So Hugh and I go back a bit of a way because Hugh lives just up the road from me. And, uh, you know, he's about 15 minutes from my house and, and he's with his beautiful wife. And I tell you, he's funny. He's one of these, he's an enigma. He's one of these guys when you meet Hugh, time sort of stands still. He dresses almost like a samurai in a weird way, wears these pants. He's got this tactical belt yeah. with all these old leather pouches all over it. And he just, you know, he'll be in a singlet with, with his, you know, real man bun because he's one of the guys you would be fearful of if you saw him in a man bun, not like yeah. a big, Want to be fired hard down the local shops, you know, with a high bit of hair. You want to grab and break their neck. And he sat there. We're in Justice, we're in Justice League. And he's sitting next to me. He's going to be Martian Manhunter. I was going to choreograph that stuff. And he looks at me and he pulls out this knife and just opens it up. He goes, puts his arm around me and goes, Greggy, you and I know the feeling of real steel. We could kill every fucking cunt in this room and no one could stop us. Could they? And I watched Army Hammer and DJ Control, all these actors just go, make it tremble. And he's just pointing at it with a blade of this knife. Good, we could do. We should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of those moments. But Hugh is a character that, as a as a human being, a is very very knowledgeable and decent guy. Yeah. But just you meet him, and it's just he just takes over the. I don't know there's something about him that just. I mean, we had Megan Gale, a good friend of mine. She's dressed as Wonder Woman, like looking fantastic, yeah. and all these other characters really looking the part. You don't even notice them. You just looked at Hugh as Martian Manhunter because the moment that character makeup was yeah. on, he was just—he was in. He was the Martian Manhunter, and everything he did was based. And it was just unbelievable. So nice, yeah. he's an eclectic character that's, yeah, large in life you know, as a real person, you know. And to bring him back as from the thing, the toe cutter yeah. to, you know, to now, it's just huge. And that, like Debbie, my wife, did the most hilarious thing. She meets him in Namibia. She'd never met Hugh before. She comes up and she walks up. She goes. Ah, you were the night rider out of the first man of Max I was going, ah, yeah. <laughs> The night rider. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the joke I bring up, but it uh yeah, she was uh she was funny. Oh. It was very good did, stuff. Did, but no, did, he was awesome. Manage, but Nick did... was awesome. We had the, the team the team of actors were yeah. really cool value and Josh was great as slit. I mean what a awesome. what a role. What a role, yeah. Yeah, so and I've I had some awesome footage of fight sequences taken from inside the vehicles onto where Tom's lying on top strapped down. Actually, strapped to the back from with all fours hanging out. I said to Tom, "That's how you got the job, wasn't it?" <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, we have some really fun behind-the-scenes stuff. And you know, as we were talking about these comic cons and yeah. stuff, I'll, I'll bring if we ever get to do it, I'll bring that stuff across. We will definitely. We will definitely yeah. get it. We've got to get oh, you and Mister yeah. Mister Sexton over. The double trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got interesting stuff on Mark too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, we work all the dirt on Mark. So oh. what we what we're ho hopefully going to do is uh, sometime next month, if you're free, we'd like to get you, Mark. We're doing like a double or triple trouble, 
and uh, maybe either <laughs> either Angry Anderson or we go for Mr. Minty, and we get the three of you on. And, yeah. and, and what's the worst that can happen? Angry, angry. <laughs> Emil please safer. Oh. <laughs> uh, Angry is is uh, a funny cat, he'll, but he'll waffle off on a tangent for about. You think I'm bad? He'll waffle off on a tangent for about four hours. And uh, yeah, but, he, but, he, but yeah, except, except you'll bring him back now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he, you fat fucker, come back. <laughs> that's right, little wombat boy. But he's his, uh, <laughs> his role as Iron Bar was only meant to be a one day shoot. It was not even meant to be a role. It was this tiny yeah. thing, and George didn't want to yeah. work with him because he heard he was just his rock and roller and didn't want to know about him. Then when he met him, he goes, "Actually, this cat's really knowledgeable. And he's really deep, and he's got this amazing backstory." And he's and so next thing, the role got written. And Angry said he's only regret. I thought I thought he was. There's some funny stories about that film. Have it? Oh my god! I, th- I thought he was absolutely amazing in Mad Max Three. Uh, oh, Angus, good. Yeah. I mean, and he—he he actually burnt this when he was hanging off that bar. Yeah, yeah. He actually burnt all the skin off his hands because that the actual the internal tube broke. Oh, God, and so all the dry ice stuff came out, and it froze his hands to the oh, bar. And so when he let go, all his skin stayed up on the bar. Oh, oh shit! You ever train with Angus? Like, ah, ah, ah. It's like playing with those dolls that pull the It was real. So he, all the skin. So they had to put his hands in his aloe vera, but he was running around screaming like a squint like a pig, oh you know, God. as he does. And yeah, but that was a, an actual sequence. And but he's got some funny backstories about Mel and what happened in the bar a couple of times with guys that things might have been happening with. And uh, yeah, some interesting situations. So I'll leave that to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, that sounds better coming got... from the real horses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Have you got anything uh, home? Did you take anything from the Mad Max film home? Is there any a piece where you said I had to take that home? Such a strange word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, did you keep anything off, off oh, the... Yeah, I've got some stuff. Set. I mean, I, all Mason's outfits here. I've got things like these things here. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that already bumbling there. You know, all, all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, right. but a lot of, um, you know, I've been given lots of things over the years. I've got my dinky dyes. You know, just, just in case yeah. the water goes to complete custard, you've got to have your dinky Always. Dyes. And, uh, you know, I have numerous things. I mean, some, you know, just bits and pieces. I mean, we've got the stunt key rings. We've only given to the stunt teams and the shirts and bits and pieces. But we didn't take too much of the prop stuff. I mean, I've got bits. Mainly, yeah. I took them for Mace. Yeah. And and he has his whole costume, you know. Which one day I said, you know, you look back on this and it's a cool little moment. But you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, but there's bits. But for me, it was just about the process of making a making a film that worked. Yes, and we, we yeah, managed, yeah. To, you know, we managed to throw that dart through three moving rings and hit the target for a change, which is good. But, but, but also yeah. your war boy character, Ripsaw, uh, the Ripshaw uh, war boy, because he's a bullet, yeah, because he's a, a bullet farmer as well. That guy there. There it oh, is, wow. yes. But, but because they're bullet... Yeah, well, in the background, on the left, one of the bullet farmers is actually looking like our friend Nick from America. Oh, and he's yeah. really absolute image the guy, of the the And then, like and then you, Greg. Like and then we have got <laughs> Greg, who looks absolutely like you. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He's he's a, a, he, he dresses just exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a kid. Mason and George. Oh. Wow. Hey. Yeah, it's, um, you know. Yeah, I'm memories. Moving. Yeah. Actually, while I've got you, while I can actually do this, let me walk you around. How long we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to walk you around. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll walk you around in my gun safe. Which sits in my office, all made of handguns and everything in it. And uh, I'll. I, you gotta no, love it. You gotta love it. My house, uninvited. I thought he was gonna drag his laptop around. Oh, wow. It's actually one of my gun. It's a gun cleaning rag. 
cinema, my, my rifle stuff and handgun stuff here. I have my Mad Max stuff. Actually, I have um, Tom made us all. Let me pull some stuff out here. Tom made us all. Uh, there's this and there's that. You probably look out my nostrils at the moment. Best shot you've had in all day. <laughs> That's my oh. shooting balls. Yeah, I shoot like all around the world with stuff. Oh, right. We go to this weird, weird world of bodybuilding and stuff. Floats. It only stays in my office. I don't. Nothing of my stuff's in the yeah. house. I just, just as for the kids. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. so, all right. So, wow. Tom thank you for that. Us. Tom did me a beautiful little painting, a back squeeze. Oh, wow. uh, he paints better than I do. It's, it's not huge or small, but then it doesn't matter. So he made us, um, you know, the Max, he made one for Mason too. So the little Max wristbands. Oh, yeah. wow. oh sweet. So he sat up, he sat up at nights with his, his mate <coughs> and made those. And then he did this wow. little, little Basquiat painting. It's <laughs> mini fake Basquiat, love Tom. For GZ. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Oh. Oh. The, the gag oh, behind this is, is yeah. the Basquiat. He, had a, he did a, 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 the same picture as this. So see this here? It's got man, man at the yeah. top, then yeah. tools. Yeah. So this is something for your mantelpiece. Uh, <laughs> mantel, mantel <laughs> that was a joke. Finally, I have a, I have a, I have a signed Bane doll. By oh, Tom awesome! From yeah, Mac yeah, you have to. You, you just stuff. have to. Uh, yeah. Oh, and our Mad Max cool. stunt key rings are here. These are from the, for the stunt team. So we all had these. That were, were made all with our names on it for the. Wow! Uh, oh my god! Pardon? Who got those made? Uh, they were made for us in Africa. We had them made over there. So they've got our names on it, where we were in it, part of Namibia. And that. Like our, sh our proper shirts have Australia, Namibia, Cape Town all written on them, and our hats, which you can tell the authentic Africans are the hats because they've spelled everything incorrectly, <laughs> like the stunts team. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, so here it is in my plastic bag, the Mr. Cream shirt. Hey! Well, oh, I've been waiting original, for this. The original Mad Max shirt I have in my, in my, in my room bedroom, it's – it was actually a mini. It's a red shirt that Colin had made. There's about 20 of them, uh, which has a baby mini mini miner on it. And because the mini miner was one of the opening cars in the scene with a big V8, yeah. and it used to crush between the two vehicles. And it, I don't think it ever really made much of the film, but that was the original Mad Max shirt. This is the Tom Hardy, Mr. Crean's shirt. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, wow. So oh, I want one of those. Wow. Damn it. Crane, and it's signed fantastic. by Mad Max. Oh, my God. Now, awesome. Yeah. Arm, oh, storm it. So on the arm, it's got Mad Max. Oh, I don't actually care. Mad Max comforts. <laughs> yeah. And on the back, missed again. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that failed this one couldn't run very well. Now, you have to give me benefit of the doubt here. I managed to get at least four ice creams whilst I was away. Now, I, I had my complete knee reattached in 2006. I severed the quadricep tendons off my knee and broke my kneecap in half and had three screws put in my knee. So my actual left knee for the entire film couldn't go past about 70 degrees. And I managed to run across the sand and outrun all these people. for an ice cream. Desperation of an ice cream. That's commitment. See, we talk about commitment. That's the one. Have a call that the landscape and I'll get it. I just said that for that picture now. All the ball boys running for ice cream. The best thing was that they were stuck on the vehicle. They had to get down first. We could just run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, it... I mean, on Tom, and Tom was afraid of heights. So that, when we put yeah, him up on the bobcat pole, he was shitting kittens. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, literally yeah. shitting kittens. We had to tie It took so long to negotiate to get him up on the polecat yeah. pole and, and get, get him swinging. <laughs> uh, it became a very funny scene behind the scenes. So I've got some really cool footage of all that stuff. Very funny moments. Oh, I'm looking forward to the next car. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you... 
I, did, I actually really, I had six minutes of the film released uh, before the film came out. So I arranged with the studio because George had been South by Southwest yeah. and I arranged with George to release to me the, the post-dorm fight and just the lead up to where Max is in the sand. It looks like he's part of the sand yeah. all the yeah. way to the end of the post. So I got, I got that released before the film came out for Australia. And so we took that around to all the, all the supernovas and it was a big studio deal to get that done. Yeah. But it, it was cool to see yeah. it up there for the first time. Oh, my God. Oh. I've got a bigger screen than we had. Yeah. Well, I bet the fans went ape. Oh, yeah, they loved it, which was cool. It's nothing yeah. quite like sitting in front of a live audience or looking at something you've made and not sure if they're going to throw tomatoes, eggs, rocks or baseball bats yeah. at you or they're going to like it. You know? So thanks, Dave. Uh, I liked it. If, and if not, Mark was there. I could just push him in front because, you know, he's smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I must admit, when we saw when we yeah. saw Mad Max, because I, I, I literally I was when we were chat, chatting before, I saw Mad Max two when I was about ten, and it totally corrupted my life. It's uh, yep. you know, I, I was the only kid in a little small village in England with a boomerang and wanted to be, you know, the feral kid mixed with Wes when I grew up. Uh, the band, uh, you've got to come on stage with us. You've got to come on stage with V2A. So we we yeah. play uh, Wasteland Weekend virtually most years we've been there for the last four, yep. four or five years well four years last year we took snow cannons to the mojave desert so that was a good one that was great we've uh, that was interesting. so let's see what we bring to australia yeah, so we are yeah. actually yeah well that's, yeah that's... we're coming to australia next year so we're actually at the broken hill uh, silverton collective mad max yep. 240 year anniversary are you going sir mm -hmm. We are trying to entice Mate, you and there. Mark over. I'll get out there. Awesome. I'll get out there. It'll be fun. Because what was cool is there's a, a road that goes out to, from Broken, Broken Hill to Silverton called 39 Dips. And it's these massive causeways. Now, we, we could get airborne. Cool. So we had this race. <laughs> oh, so wow. Oh, everyone, wow. The, time, the normal driving time out there is like 40-something minutes. We've got it down to in the t low 20s. You know, we've <laughs> And every car would be airborne getting out there with these dips. Oh. And we had this, this, the motorbike guys, all the crusty guys in that, were yeah. were there with the bus driver, yeah. and they managed to egg the bus driver on to like go. Really <laughs> oh, no! Ends up flipping the bus, <sighs> sliding the bus Shit. anyway. Who then he gets sacked. They're laughing their heads. I think it's the best thing they've ever done. <laughs> he gets. <laughs> we go through Silverton at about 160 kilometers an hour, which has a speed limit of 50. Yeah. The police Oops. are there. The police are there. <laughs> Thankfully, they were out there doing number plate recognition testing and not for anything else and so they came out to set later that day and they said oh listen we just want to talk to you guys i said um we going a little bit quick through silverton this morning said, oh, yeah, well, why? So we saw you all they said thankfully we're out here doing this they said but while we're here can we have a look at some of the vehicles said, yeah, come on let's go have a ride so we had the stunt guys take him up and down the, the runway in the vehicles oh, and this God. and that and it was so that yeah. was yeah that got us off the hook because <laughs> because you couldn't really say no it wasn't us no that's yeah. right well, well, that six vehicles yeah. what, what did the car look like us. well <laughs> yeah flamethrower harpoon white... <laughs> yeah flame red, yeah i got that and problem I... always over in germany yeah I see yeah that yeah but, tell you, was, but all the vehicles like we had nothing to work with in australia we had literally nothing was built oh, so God. we were making things up on the fly and even in africa all our props and i have photos all our props were just things we'd made out of cardboard there was nothing like max is boom with a piece of cardboard shooting the you know the bolt out of the, the bolt out of the, the ram right out of the yeah. rifle and we just and even the engines weren't built so when i first did the fight scene on the bonnet there was no blower sticking up so i designed this whole fight scene. and then someone said oh you know there's two big engine mounts <laughs> so we had to revamp the fight so he hits the engine and everyone had no shirts on, so he had the EVA, which is this like rubber safety rubber. We put all around things to make them less, <laughs> less sort of hurt, yeah. going to hurt yeah. you so much. And all we could put on the engine was a piece of EVA it would have been about uh, this big, 
uh, we wrapped it around one little sharp piece, and that was all the engine had on it. So that when was it. Jacob came over the roof and hit it with his ribs, he broke three ribs the first day of the film. This is Tom Double, and I had to do the rest of the film with broken ribs. And all the stunt boys had no shirts on, so when they came off, they were ripping themselves up. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it was good. Everyone earned their money. Oh I'm not. So, I'm not worried. Uh, surprised that they were all depressed after a couple of weeks. There was some really cool moments. Like the hard stuff. The, the shooting was hard, long yeah. days, and you know, and we. But and I think in any long, even the Happy Feet projects, you lose touch of what you're doing because you're there for so long. You don't see anything. So we've decided that after a period of time, let's we better flash out some stuff and show them what we're making. Yeah. And the night we did mm-hmm. that at the local pub or the club. Uh, everyone was completely revamped. Yeah, and holy yeah. shit, got some cool stuff, you know. Because I got footage of us breaking the front wheels off the off the off the big foot and everything when we were testing. We took it some massive jumps, the front wheels snap off, and you know we really pushed things to the limit to make them to work. Them, and we rolled a lot of cars. We had the Nux vehicle flipped so many times at Broken Hill, going backwards and doing the J turn, yeah. which happened yeah, yeah. in the film. Yeah. So we we'd done that about three or four times, and it pretty much flipped every time. And then we needed to film it, so the stunt double at the time, because Adrian, goes, fuck it, let's just try it. So he's on the front with his yeah. arm side behind his back, and it was the first time it had worked. Like, it had it rolled, well, wiped him out, but he, he went for it, you oh know? Oh, my God. We've I seen mean, the next vehicle last week, uh, last year when we were in L.A. It's in the yeah, museum. The The vehicle guys that made that stuff, I watched them work, and they, everything was so much hand effort, and... Yeah. everything's done purposefully and just the workmanship we had a guy that came in and i was there for the interviews they'd, they'd be saying so you ever build a like a monster truck with tank tracks you don't and i'm hearing this going, yeah i built three of them you know two built this stuff you know and so they they had this crew of people that were so dedicated one guy did the cranky frankie which does the big spinning flip at the yeah. start um oh, yeah. it the guy had been waiting his whole life to make it in line like a v, inline 12 he said, oh, it's just my whole life I've wanted to make one of these and this is my excuse to make one. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was gloss white. with the, 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 I've got the photos of it yeah. before it was rusted up. It was the most yeah. gorgeous hot rod. And then it gets all rusty. In the, you know, in the first like scene. Yeah, it gets, but it, yeah. It, it was the most beautiful piece of work he'd, he'd done. And you sit there and look at what these guys create and you go, wow, this is, they're their own character in the movie. They really are. You know? Well, that's how, but, you know, when we go to Wasteland and our, our guys there, when you look at their vehicles at the detail, you know, Greg, who's your, you know, who's playing your character in Wasteland, yep. his build of cars is just out of yeah. this world. The detail yeah, yeah. to it, it's just like superb. Yeah, and so much effort goes into all the bits of people. I've, I've seen people doing, you know, even the costumes, yeah. everything I've seen people at any of the Comic Cons or Supernovas that Mark and I did. You sit there and go, wow, like the work that people and the effort. And you go, why well, was totally weird? A whole lot of prams come up one year with it all completely decked out as, as the Nux vehicle. And they were so no. beautiful. Oh, wow. And these kids are uh, up in little Mad Max jackets. And you sit there and go, wow, this is, some people are putting serious work into this, you know? And, you know, ultimate respect to them. If, if so, and if something's meant that much to someone that they've gone to that level, like, even at wasteland there's people as uh, lift operators as you as the lift operator i've got to tell i've got to tell you uh, when i went to wasteland weekend i got lost right? so we drove <laughs> in there i had a friend of mine we went in there and the very first thing i saw was three pretty much naked guys walking towards yeah, me sounds... and and if my friend the girl this girl my friend look just looks puzzled i said just let me ask <laughs> i said where have you guys been they said oh, we've been to the, the fashion show or the, or the parade or there's some sort of parade on yeah. the day they just finished yeah. that as well okay we're in a serious place here we've gone around and to get into the there's another area where there's a couple of guards on the gate i was very clean because i was flying yeah. out that later that day so yeah, i came yeah, over yeah. Yeah. 
He goes, you're too clean to get in. So I have my Fury Road top on. And he goes, you've got to roll around the dirt three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you yeah, how that's going to play out. I said, you're going to be going to the dirt and you're going to be rolling around. <laughs> <to play in." laughs> he goes, oh, just come in. So I went inside. He was a lovely yeah. guy. And we kept that. I don't know where he's from. He's, I think he's Michael. Afri- Afri- African American guy. Lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of large, yeah, muscular bloke, yeah, really nice yeah. guy. And took us around. It was a hot day. Gave us water. And we, sh- we saw the Thunderdomes and that. And I got lost in the car. We weren't, came back. We got in the middle of someone's sniper scene. Some guys were doing a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Oh, oh, man, we're, not, we're just lost. <laughs> we're just lost. We've definitely cool. got to get you on stage with us. You will. You, you, yeah, it, it's going to be amazing fun. Yeah. Be Our first year at Wasteland Weekend, me and uh, Skelly, um, we were running around in, in you know, because we were we were just you know in 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 awe watching everybody, and we met uh, Tank who plays Lord Humongous. So he was on a few weeks ago. He's he he looks just like Brilliant, Lord mate. Humongous in the full gear. Yeah, so we're nice. going. Oh, can we have a selfie? Yeah, got to have a selfie with Lord Humongous. And at that moment, <laughs> this little knackered ice cream van goes past. Mr. Cream. Yeah. And, and Lord Humonger goes, ice cream, really? and runs off after this little ice cream van. <laughs> it's like only a wasteland. But, see, he, How do you explain that? To and him? also, he's always in character, yes. so it was ice cream. Well, it was quite funny. So on Wednesday night, we had uh, Shell Nielsen, the, uh, Lord, the actual Lord Humonger son. And he, he's, yes. he's a great laugh. Have you, have you ever met him? No, but the, I met his hand. Yes. <laughs> okay. when, the gun, when the gun gets loaded by yeah. the humongous, yeah. another guy's hands, who was from Broken Hill Physical right. Club, uh, it was his hands because he couldn't get the timing to feel nice. So this guy, another guy about the same age, ended up doing the gun, little gun piece with the hand yeah. hand bit. Yeah. So we were like, oh, cool. But there, so I met the hands. But no, oh, I right. yeah. Awesome, awesome, very awesome guy. Really, really funny. He did, he did say that um, yeah, uh, Mel funny. Gibson asked him, uh, because Mel's like, I don't know, five foot eight or something like that, I think. And um, yeah. Shell's six foot three or four. And uh, they were they were filming one time and uh, and uh, Mel turned out, turned to him and said, uh, have you ever been in any Swedish porn films? <laughs> so Shell didn't quite know what to say to that one. He was like... Is uh, <laughs> you slightly bigger than usual, Wolfpup? Hey, hey, hello, hey, Wolfpup. How are you? <laughs> He's finally gotten up. It's about what time is it? Eight. Eight a.m. Hey, can you go up the car? Russell's coming in a little while. Well, so yeah, Mason's awesome. just woken up from his well, slumber. Hello, Mason from <laughs> from everybody in the world, and uh, you say have hello. lots of fans all around the world. It's uh, great to see you. Great to see a warp up. Hi, Mason. Hi, Mason. Hi. 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 We slept in the UK. <laughs> midnight, <laughs> nearly here. Nearly midnight over there now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, eleven o'clock. Coming for eleven. 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 Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, but no, it's you know, it's, it's been it was a hell of a journey of a film because it was so long, yeah. so many years, yeah. and uh, just to, to finally come out with a product that you didn't hate was was a start, you know, like yeah. that was. But then when you watched it, I mean, I remember watching this in in the King Kennedy Miller in the actual editing suite, and just to, to watch it in there, I went, okay, this is impacting me on this screen, which is only a yeah. little plasma TV yeah. screen back then. And then to know that that does it, because I'm really tough on, especially with work I do, but I'm very tough on action films because most of them I can't yeah. stand because they're, they're such by the numbers or they're so cliched or whatever. And then to see that and then the, just that visceral experience you got on that side of the screen, I said, wow, on a big screen, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know? mm. And we, we never knew, well, you know, to this day, I don't think many of us have ever even seen it in 3D. Oh, my God. 
it's just stunning. Yeah, it's just, in, it's just too. Oh, even right? the Chrome version. The Chrome you watch the Chrome version as well, and yeah. it's like wow. So the hypercolor yeah. thing was funny because I think it came out of all that stuff came out of conversations that Mark and I and and we a lot of people used to have with George about every apocalyptic film had been that whole you know layered flat colors yeah. and grays and, the, yeah. and George and we were talking about actually oh, I wanted to hypercolor something and then George goes you know would that be the great thing for Mad Max it would be have it in rich really rich colors and it was just the yeah. best decision they could have made to have that yeah. rich coloring and because mm. it, it gave a different life to the film where every other time was flat and then. To do it with real stunts was a big decision because when we saw the first Fast and Furious, it's how long we're on it. It was, it was all these effects, and we said, "Oh, we need to do it real." And then by the time we finally got to make the film, we're on about Fast and Furious twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. And about that, yeah. But it was also fake and CG that we went the biggest decision we can make for the films to do it real and live action. So and and because the body, done, I, I learned from doing all the motion capture for years and all the animation for years that ninety percent of animators don't understand yeah. body dynamics, and to make it feel right. It's better to use people, and so we got it with real people, and it looks it so much cooler. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's what helps sell the film, and just the rawness of it. And it wasn't everyone wasn't a Hong Kong martial arts expert; it just became this raw bang bang, get yeah. hit up by vehicle <laughs> stuff, and that just works, you know. Well, um, Rodent in in the chat room did actually say that uh, he described the fight scenes in Fury Road as lacking kung fu ballet. Yeah, which, which is really which nice is exactly hear, what yeah. you're just saying. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, nice I didn't want Thanks. it to ever feel that way. It would have been the biggest disservice to people, that, especially if you think about things in terms of the apocalypse and the people that have survived and how resourceful they would have been. And, you know, when, when actually, made of mind, John and I were talking to the game guys when the game was first going to get done. Actually, yeah. I was going to do the game, which was a bummer. We lost it. But when we were first going to do the game, we had these, these guys came from Sweden to the desert, all these albino-looking guys <laughs> with long white hair. We said, I bet they're the game guys. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out. And we're running through the fight. We just made up some moves. I said, you pretend to be like this, and you'd be, then you go crack, do this. So you, you'd look like you were suffering, then bang, you just turn on them. Like it's all instantaneous stuff. And the three or four moves we showed them ended up being the game trailer because they just copied it. Wow. <laughs> so the wrist lock and those things. That, yeah. Because yeah. I said, you'd make yourself almost look wounded, almost look so you, you couldn't do anything, and then bang, you take them out, or you get the information, or you do. So it's that very crafty world. And so everyone had to be kind of crafty and have invented things yeah. that would work for them like a street fighter does and you had to get rid of all that martial arty hong kong focusing on foot moving circular motion you just had to make it brutal and kind of yeah if come across on the screen and that was really cool yeah. yeah it was it was mm. just amazing uh, very um, believable as well it was really all the fights were very believable and it sold the whole film i think nothing felt staged if that makes any sense yeah one second just the, the back door mate yeah, that's right. And yeah. we didn't want them to be staged. And so even the polecat fight, when we started putting it together, I wanted it to feel like a scene enemy. You know, when you see the scene enemy yeah. moving like this, I didn't want mm. it to be one person, two person, three, four. I wanted to go, you know, so just stuff came from everywhere. And fly it. Yeah. And there's depth to it as well. Because, yeah. As you say, it's, it's not just what's happening in focus. You can see the stuff going on behind. So I'm, I'm now describing it. You can't see me, but it sort of, <laughs> it, it, it felt there was a lot more than just yes. oh, you, you look, <laughs> yeah, no, not that you won't. But it's, it wasn't like you were just looking at what's happening right in focus in front of the camera. It was what was going on behind it, yes, which was the right. polecat cars, and that's the vignettes and cars crashing for no right. good there's reason. Way way there's back, life yeah, it gave it real depth. Richard Taylor always said that, and, and I think something Spielberg did very well in Schindler's List, and George asked me to do that same thing with the Happy Feet film, with the crowds, the second mm -hmm. unit, and all that stuff, so there's other little stories everywhere, and so Max mm -hmm. 
has these other events still taking place. Like Morgan, we, we lost him a couple of years ago to a brain tumor. Morgan, one of our stunt guys. And there's a scene where Max is here and he's on the, on the top of the war rig and the, the polecats are coming down. In the back, Joy is one of the Vavolini's getting the absolute shit kicked out of her by Morgan. <laughs> and we did, we built that in about two minutes on the ground and we got up and said, let's put that in the back. And it just looks so cool because she's just getting nailed and that's how he gets the gun up. And, you know, so all these little things that, yeah, kept building action on action. And it's yeah, all story. Yeah. You know, the thing about the fights is I wanted it to be driven from story because George is so big on that. And Mark and, and the team and Maddie, all these guys have done so much work mm. on the boards. And mm. I mean, the... Oh, yeah. God, Mark, Mark was saying it was like 40,000 boards. Well, they, they, crazy so this, number this of stories. These are the images Mark's drawn for me over the years from my, my graphics. Oh, oh, oh. oh, let's see these. Actually, there's, there's the polecat. So Mark's drawn images for me over the years for my graphic novels, right? For, for Kennedy Miller. I'll just show you some of the work he does. So he's really cool. Yeah. I mean just even like our original warrior. They're yeah, like look at the look at the level of detail in the face. Oh, my God. oh wow. You know, and that's when when we do the, the different warriors, he draws everything yeah. with the chain mail and so he's just really got good guy to work. And he always goes that extra mile and I'd like working with people yeah. to go the extra yeah. mile and stuff and yeah. George does the same thing. He'll overdo, overdo, and do it again to the point. You know, he'd happily bankrupt bank the studio to get the story right. And <laughs> people that are like that in anything, like all of my closest friends, yeah. are those kind of people that always push further than normal because you get more yeah. out of it. You know, and having trust in those people helps build a better story, especially Definitely. for film. You know, so yeah. if, it's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, 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 and then, it. and if it's not, it's worth doing wrong so you can find out yes. they have to do it right. You yeah. know, so you just do it, and you from that yeah. you look at it again. You know, that didn't work. You know. Yeah, that, that's my thought. <laughs> Move him away. We need to yeah. do that. So, yeah. You know, Good but that's the, the process. It's it's to find, it's to find, you mine out that story, you mine all that stuff out to make it what it can be. And then you find the people that are great at what they do. So you can say to them, like, yeah. in certain fights, they go, I need you to pop this much higher. And when you've got someone who's talented, they can jump that extra inch and almost yeah. calculate it. They can do yeah. that to the T. And so you can you can build a better fight. And then people with fight skill go, actually, you know what would be really cool? What if we did this and this? And you get that at work. Let's try it. And so you, you, together you build a better fight. So it really is a fight team. It's not you know just me or mm. just someone. It's, it's not yeah. it's why I don't like the Academy Awards. It's not two reasons mm. I don't like the Academy Awards. One is there's no stunt or fight category or second unit director's category, Definitely. which there should be because a film without stunts these days wouldn't be a totally. movie. And, and I don't think any one person does it. You know, like we mm. had a wonderful like costume designer, yeah. Jenny Bevan, this beautiful mm. English lady, very regal and talks, you know. I had her on the shooting range. I said, you can't design costumes for Fury Road yeah. until you've shot guns. And so I took her out and she got so into shooting guns. She was, oh, man, I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> she was better than Richard was. I should have made her the bullet farm and made her design the costume. <laughs> but they, everyone had to do yeah. the stuff. I said, you can't be on this film unless you've been here and you understand what this is for. And understand had, what it means, yeah. We'll have people designing pretty stuff. It doesn't fucking work. Why would you have freaking like this stuff? Why would you be on the side of a vehicle with a chain hanging yeah. off your side when all it's going to do is exactly, get caught in the yeah. car? Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. You, you want it so it's a practical application for, for, for what you're going to do. So if you're a left-handed shooter, you're on, the, you know, you're on this side of the vehicle. If you're right-handed, you're that side. Yeah. If you're If you're a... A driver, everything's mounted on your chest, same as a tactical yeah. operator would be. It wouldn't be on your legs. It'd be up here because it gets in the way. Bombs would be on the on the actual dashboards. You'd throw them out, with, and the, the landing yeah. to be attacked. So you, as soon as you chuck it out, the spoon comes off and it's out the door. So everything you do is based upon your role, where you sit on the vehicle, and what you do as a character, and then what you bring to that. How would you design your club or mace to belt the bejesus? Like, what would you do yeah. to make it yours? Has it got a spike? What, like, yeah. What's you? Yeah. You know, does that change? So or is that you? Is you that, don't want a six foot yeah, pole if you're stuck yeah. inside a cab all the exactly, time. You want yeah. something short and sharp. Yeah. You can just yeah. Yeah. And we, to, okay. we can see the arm. 
yeah. and we got to <laughs> we got to the point five. just on the warm up. We got to the point of uh, I designed an entire fight system based around bolt cutters. Right. So and I right. sat with Stevie D and some of the stunt guys. We went right. It's a neck lock. It's a neck break. It's a leg lock. We take you down here. We hit you with this. That bit. That yeah. takes your leg out. And so we designed all these moves based around the bolt cutters, based around the chain, based around the hose, based around the car door. So there's about 40 moves we could actually calculate and do it from, from only gun releases because the gun release in the in the post storm fight was done by Max. So he drops the mag. I hate yeah. mags coming out of guns. It's my pet hate. People dropping guns yeah. or mags falling out. So Max Max actually does it as a conscious choice. She's stronger than him. Yes. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And she's overpowering him. So better having one yeah. round to the head. Yeah. Ten. So he flicks the mag out. It drops. He gets out of the way. Now yeah. the gun's empty. Because so the original now he knows. storyboards, yeah. they had the, or not so much the boards, but in the original story, they had the mag falling out and then they start fighting. I said, why didn't he just shoot the bitch? He's got one in the chamber. You know, and then the yeah. argument happened with all the production guys. Go, oh, it would go off on the best. No, it wouldn't. I said, I could get a loaded Glock and throw it at you. It's not going to go off. They're designed for tactical yeah. purposes. So have yeah. it loaded. You wouldn't go to a gunfight with, with something not set up properly. So get <laughs> one in the pipe. Be good to go. So I said, bang, the round goes off. Yeah. Now they're fighting. Now they've got this. And so now yeah. it's up to Nux to make the transitional choice, which is he gets the mag. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. and he dives on the ground. And the look on his face when he does yeah. that, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and now he go, he's looked around and gone, well, these five chicks have gone against the Immortan, my guy, and then this guy's yeah. helping, yeah. I'm with him. And, and so you, can, you can hear the cops going, can't you? As he's and, sort of, yeah, and he yeah. dives on the ground with that mag, and I get Tom to, we drilled this so much to get that in the mag and do this, the single leg reload off the pants so you can yeah. shoot it, you know, yeah. beside the head. Yeah. I said it just, and the whole fight had to sell the moment that she's prepared to kill him at any point she can. Yeah. She tries mm -hmm. to shoot him, it doesn't work. So she tries to bludgeon him, it doesn't work. Then she tries to kill him with a bulk. You know, so it's just, she yeah, wants yeah, yeah. It's a whole series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants information. Yeah. He wants her alive and goes, how do I get out of here? You know? Yeah, and yeah, so that's yeah. how, how it became the fight like that. And the yeah. girls had to help. So, and they escalate through the film. So I tried to make them not so much just ballast. Because in the film, mm. they pretty yeah. much are. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five dead bodies floating around the vehicle. And, yeah. and, so we had to try and build some characters, you know. So what's, what's, what's the actual car? What's the car that. door metal? We have five stunt guys. So was the actual <laughs> car door metal? Was it a uh, when Tom's? Yeah, we made well. We made two versions. We had one car. So everything we practiced, even the actual fight scene itself, I did with real bolt yeah. cutters to start with, because I needed people to yeah. feel the real weight. Nothing was with a set of bolt cutters. It yeah. doesn't work. They're whack. So we practiced all those swings with the actors. So I wanted them to feel that dynamic of the movement of bang, bang, the weight. And the car door had to be, of course, fake. It was a skin, but it was, yeah. it was lighter, of course, because you ever listen to car door? Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, we yeah. strip it down and make it a usable car door, which had a bendable thing. So when she hit it, it bent in and stayed bent and got stuck there. And uh, then he kicks the door up to hit her in the face. And so it was a, a light yeah. door, of course. But the chain was plastic, but I had a Dynex, which is a, a stunt cable, running for the back of Max's mask, I ran it through the bloodline and mm -hmm. back onto Nux's wrist strap so we could yank that thing with a ton of pressure and right. throw him around. So that's how we got to control Max without breaking the chain. But if you look closely in the fight scene, you'll see the chain's broken once yeah. or twice. <laughs> <laughs> but don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's another question for when you're back on again. <laughs> again? Oh. Ah, that's all right. We'll take out. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm getting information. From, I'm getting information no, from problem. Well, uh, no problem. No uh, problem. So, yeah, there's, you know, yeah. these things, you know, there's lots of stuff, lots of stuff that went on, but but there's so many things that I could talk about forever because there's so many yeah. elements. That, yeah. 
Yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to come quite, back, yeah. Greg. You'll have to come yeah, back. We have to get you back, back sir. Yeah, <laughs> so much more. Is it, is, be, 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 yeah, before we go, um, first of all, Mark, did we have a, a result on the celebrity? A winner. Hey, let me I don't think you need the gun. Catfield Predator. There you go. Well, better is better. Yeah. Look, I mean, I know, I know you guys are the things on all fours. But anything still good. <laughs> 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 but uh, Mechanized Blackie was asking for a Never Have I Ever. Yeah, we do, we that, do next that next week. week. <laughs> we do next week. They go Blackie right. next week. Is there anybody right. you would like uh, to do a shout out to, Greg? Uh, Mark? Yep. <laughs> you bastard. I'll get you. Where <laughs> 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 oh, you live? You probably don't remember where I live, so I'm at advantage point one. Uh, yeah, just to everyone involved in the film. And everybody, and I don't like the word fans because I think, you know, it's, it's not the right word for the people that support your movie. And so I think they're just, I'm very gracious for everybody that's that's gotten something out of this project, which we put a lot into yeah. Blood, Sweat. I mean, crikey, if you know my story, you know yeah. how much it hurt us. But that's that that appreciated what we did so much because the work was an epic amount of work went into this film from way back in the late 90s all the way through to where we got to to finally get it out the door in 15 and you know wow. we appreciate that it actually had an effect on people that was was worth worth the fight and the effort you know so yeah so thank you to everybody that that has enjoyed what we did because yeah it's been a privilege wow. um our next our, our guest you. next week is uh mr jared butler from uh, wasteland weekend Mr. Wasteland yeah. Weekend. Uh, so what we always do is we have the current guest can ask a question to the following guest. So is there a question you would like to ask Mr. Butler? Will you be naked on the fashion <laughs> show floor at Wasteland <laughs> in, broken, in Broken Hill? That, that's, that's that's the, that is... That is a dare, dare. that is. Yeah, I like that is definitely that. a dare. Don't, don't dare Hugh, whatever you do, because he probably would, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Don't be angry either. The amount of times I've seen Angry walking around the house naked, he's behind, he's behind the kitchen. Oh, today. no. He's behind the kitchen bed. And oh. I walked in and gone, you got any clothes? And he goes, nah. And just walks out. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and he hangs just watching out in the raw. I say, like, come on. And he goes, ah, the neighbors have seen it. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure, Greg. You have been one of the best guests we've ever had. We will definitely have you on as a double or triple triple with uh, Mark Sexton in either Angry or Mr. Minty. So thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much for getting up very, yeah. very early this morning. Uh, no, I'm up anyway. I'm about to go teach oh my God. my school here. Well, I've got private students. So my, I've got a, I've got a uh, oh private dojo in, the back, in my backyard. I've got a karate school in my backyard. And it's a real lock and out karate school, just like you find over there. So uh, I teach my students there today and you know, for a few hours this morning. So, yeah, I'm up well, always. It's all good. Well, yeah, we would it's definitely love to meet you all. And, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, well, thank we'll you very much. You thank again. you to everybody online. Uh, oh. Okay, can I just, yes. my last word for today, can I just bring that in? Yes. Because, like, well, it gets a bit dark now because we had some really bad weeks behind us because um, my bestest friend's three and a half year old son just in a tragic accident and we actually yeah. dedicate this show today for him because he was such a warrior and we, he would be greatly missed so that was my um, message for today and what was your what was your friend's son's name aj aj aj, AJ. 
Like, yeah. AJ, and it was like yeah, in an accident, really tragic, and yeah, it was really not easy weeks, but yeah, and well, he's a fighter now in heaven, and I just want to say to everybody, just, you know, don't take anything for granted, because you never know what's around the corner, so just yeah. be happy, enjoy life, and do whatever you want to do when you can do it, and don't put it off. And I, well, and I, I tell you, I do a lot of work internationally, globally, for mental health, and for people going through hard times in adversity, so yeah. if you ever need to chat, reach out, especially yourself, of my emails and messenger and all that stuff's online, and always happy to help them talk where I can and connect you up with the right people. So, because I know that stuff's really harsh. It and, is. And, yeah. You know, I feel for the family and, and the loss of the oh, yeah. of it, you know, because no one ever wants to see that stuff happen. Yeah. So, oh. um, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, always here to help out if anyone needs it. Yeah. Right. Thank, Thank you, Greg. You. Greg, you've been a star. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you all next week. Cheers, guys. Oh, could j- oh. just say one. Yes. yes. If anybody wasn't out there who hasn't subscribed, please subscribe and subscribe now. Yes. It all helps us get the word out. Cheers, yeah, guys. Oh, hey. oh, thank you. Greg, Greg's daughter. This is Maya. Maya was a little too young to put in the movie. She was only about six months old in Africa, and both she and Mason both nearly died in Africa of sickness, but they got through it, and now they're in Vincent. Oh, well, well there's the next smart box. In the next smart box. Hey, it's our baby studio. Well, Actually, yeah. she, Maya, Maya used to play with Charlize's little boy Jackson in the sand in Africa. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Well, hello, Jackson. There I go. It's been absolutely awesome. Yeah. Hello. And We'll, we'll catch up Definitely. again soon. It's been a, a privilege. Excellent. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Have a great one, okay. guys. Thank you so much. Uh, See you guys. Cheers, guys. And we will see you. <laughs> and we will. Uh, um, so, as uh, as Stig said, uh, please uh, subscribe if you've enjoyed this. Share. Uh, this is also coming out as a podcast now as well. We have a podcast coming as well. So. Uh,